Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to more Big Trouble in Little Podcast. It's a new year and new theme. It's Andy's theme, which is racing movies. We start off Grand Prix 1966, film directed by John Frankenheimer and starring James Garner, Eva Marie Saint, and Yves Montan. So start your engines and let's listen to this podcast. January 9th, 10.08 p.m., episode 269. Nice. Uh, we are talking about uh, Grand Prix today, 1966. This is Big Trouble Little Podcast. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I'm Chaz. I'm Zach. And Zach is back. For he now. was not for now. He shows up like a force ghost, I guess. Kind of. Right? <laughs> you need the robes. <laughs> I'm here, and it was like static as you like inner phase in and out. People wouldn't know. It's fine. Not a brown shirt. I mean, close enough. Close. A, little, a little Jedi-ish. Uh, but it's it's Andy's turn for his theme, and he chose racing. Uh, as you can tell, he's wearing a jersey right now. Now they can't jersey. tell. This is audio only now. Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I, I always fuck up on that. I did get a. Uh, uh, Fernando Alonso jersey for Christmas, and I do love it, but the, you can't see it. So yes, uh, go Google it uh, and Google Stanley Cup. You you'll find something that's not the hockey cup. By the yeah. time this comes out, that won't be a meme anymore. I uh, maybe uh, we'll unless, they, unless they come out with different colors because I know it's like pink right now. Anyway, now? I gotta now I gotta look it up. <laughs> to look oh. it up. Yeah. Really, the Stanley Clincher is really. Yes. It. It's just Apparent- it's just a big metal cup. That's a Appar- Apparently, it survives a fucking car fire, uh, which it, it connects it kind of to uh, <laughs> this movie Grand Prix. There are some car <laughs> fires. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I just want to say, if you just type in Stanley Cup in Google, yeah, you're going to get that. But if you type the Stanley Cup, you'll get the Stanley Cup. Oh, it's still proper noun. Yeah. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Actually, to be fair, it's like in my sponsored. It's the top five, but number six is the the cup, and it has a snack tray attached to it. So it's actually kind of legit. I want that now. I can put my Doritos. And, uh, nah, I don't want to talk about that. It makes me sad. I'm a sad <laughs> fat boy on a diet. Oh man. Oh, by the way, happy New Year, everybody. We are in 2024, and after I drink these tall boy tall boy beers and uh, drink all my soda collection i'm switching to seltzer and water so i'm gonna go through a lot of fucking uh soda withdrawals and it's gonna be fucking insane uh but i do it every year yeah say this is the face of someone who's already done the withdrawal and and lost a bunch of weight and you look like you look like you've seen some shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) i feel pretty good right now actually yeah. He just did the Kurt Angle meme without realizing it. He, he made that face. <laughs> anyway. So many let's, memes. Let's get into Grand Prix. <laughs> By the way, um, I do want to get a poster of the Grand Prix uh, cover 
and it actually looks pretty sweet. Put it in my it room. It does actually. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's a pretty great classic movie poster. So, say. how pissed off were you guys when you saw the runtime on this movie? Uh, in the beginning, I was like, "Damn you, Andy!" <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I didn't realize it. I just like hit play on the rental, and it was like overture. I was like, "Oh, it's one of those movies." And I like wiggled the mouse. And I was like, "Oh, son of a bitch!" <laughs> yeah. So I. So here's the thing. I the little adventure. We're kind of tying in our our next segment into this just a teeny teeny bit, but it's relevant. But started. I started working. So it's the first week of officially of working, which is great, but it's, yeah, it's long shifts. So I was trying to watch something, but I was also watching uh, a set of auctions that I was involved in. And right as I started the movie, it's not the three hour thing. I got a notification about a bidding war. Long story short, I went on a bidding war and won a, a, the first edition Charizard, Holy Grail, woo, whatever. But the point is, is like, you know, at that point I'm like going frantic and typing stuff. So I missed big chunks of the movie for like an hour or so. And then I come over and I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I was like, I got to come back to this. So I was frustrated that the movie was so long and then I missed a bunch. And then something kind of interesting happened and I had no idea. So I had to restart the whole movie the next day. And that I'm so glad. I... What I was going to say is I was watching this movie and I thought, okay, well, it's a crapshoot because uh, Chaz is not going to pay attention. He's going to do something else. So whether he likes it or not is flip a coin. Who knows? Uh, Dubs is going to like um, some of the like the the actual the actual movie, and then he might be bored by the motor car racing. And then Zach's going to like the motor car racing, and he might be bored by some of the drama. So I, it's I, funny. I, like, I don't know how the cars are going to fall on this one. So to be fair, the next day I watched it, and I actually just watched the movie, and within 20 minutes was just ripped into it. Like, could not take my eyes off of what happened and loved it. I'm so glad I did that instead of trying to, like, just butcher through the last half of the movie. When I saw the runtime, I thought, there's going to be an intermission. When the intermission comes up, I'll have to stop the movie, and I'll finish it tomorrow. I couldn't do it. I had to watch the whole thing. It was intermission exciting. had a great part, by the way. Like, oh, yeah. Not, not that, like, obviously what happened was sad, but I was like, man, I need a break from that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. So the intermission is when I looked up and someone's cheering and some guy's crying and intermission. I'm like, what the hell just happened? I missed a bunch of stuff. So that's where I, I literally missed like two thirds of the movie because the intermission's not a true intermission. It's, it's not halfway. Yeah, it's, it's it. It, yeah, it's like two thirds. So I, I had to dial way back. And then I started watching the movie and got into it. And then I saw like the interaction initially between the uh, Scott and his wife and like how that played out. And I'm watching, I was like, I bet Dub's going to hate her. He's going to call her. See you next Tuesday. Like as soon as he sees her. And then he did. And I was like, Oh yeah, no, there it is. Dub's hate women. Yeah. <laughs> I By mean, the way. she, she did pull some shady stuff, but it, it ties in better. Yeah. The, movie. I, the number one thing I want to say is like, when I started to watch number one, I looked at the the runtime. I was like, "Damn you, Andy!" Uh, and then two, two. I was like, because they started doing like this uh, editing where like they put like a bunch of. It's the '60s. I get it. Oh like, yeah, but, the four, 16, 64. Yeah, I. Yeah. Remember, I remember that shit's cool hard. as hell though. Like, yeah. if they do a really cool like three three things, and it's all one shot. And as the car drives from the left side of the screen to the right, it turns into three different scenes, and then it blacks them out and then brings them back to one full like there's a lot of really cool editing so it that's more, cool it's the it's the, the stuff where they're showing the same thing and it's the game oh, yeah, it, the, yeah. It becomes exponential yeah yeah i mean some of yeah. it's a little like i i imagine it was dated. novel back then but some of it some of it has aged extremely well i thought so i yeah. really like the triple dissolves like where oh, yeah. it dissolves yeah. and before it gets done dissolving it's dissolving into Dude, a the camera thing. work 
You mean the, the sex scene that dissolves, right? Yeah, and they do that with the sex scene too. <laughs> Which yeah, was really strange. <laughs> I, I, I want to give because it was funny because in my mind I was like, you know, today in today's world they have to show everything. Like you have to get like a side boob or you get a full frontal, and then there's grinding. It's like softcore porn on TV these days. So I was like. Man, I haven't seen that. They, they alluded to sex, but they never showed it. And then they showed yeah. fucking John Pierre. And I'm there like, God damn it. But at least it was dissolved for the point. But, uh, but it was too funny because the music that was playing to me didn't match what we were seeing. But it, it's fine. But because it's the time, I guess it was fine. But I actually appreciated the scene with Pete. Um, and I can't remember the wife's name now. So I'm blanking on her. Um, Pat. But uh, Pat, yeah, Scott's wife is what I just kept thinking. Scott, Scott's <laughs> wife, yeah, Scott's wife, you bitch. But like that, actually, I, that's a really great scene. And I would be if someone remade this movie and did not make the scene like that and had to show all this stuff, I'd be pissed because like it is okay to allude to an affair that's happening, yeah. even if all the things have happened without showing anything. Like you get everything you need right there, no exposition needed. Even if she's hot, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like you don't need it. It's yeah. extra bullshit. Like, don't add it. That's a good yeah. story. So I just I thought it was really funny that later on in the movie it becomes clear that um uh that uh, Jean Pierre Sarti has had an affair with um Eva Saint Clair and uh Scott got his wife back and Nino has an affair with like that that pretty girl who he tells to go to hell at the end of the movie. That's the that's my favorite line of the movie. By <laughs> oh and, yeah, and James Garner gets to have an affair with Toshiro Mifune. <laughs> <laughs> like it even shows like like the flashback during the final race at Monza like they're each talking to a woman and it's him talking to Nostromofuda <laughs> he's, he's in the fucking ceremonial robes and shit I didn't even like connect that that's hilarious <laughs> just, oh, that was funny because it's like each of them talking to their woman like Scott's talking to his wife and uh, and and uh, Sarti's talking to even uh, what's her name, uh, Luis Fredrickson. That's it. <coughs> but they're all talking to the woman, and he's talking to Tashira Buffett, <laughs> who, by yeah. the way, is is playing a very not very well concealed at all. Um, what's the guy's name? Sonichiro Honda. Yeah, it's Honda. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just it just even his cars are white, which Honda's was as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's very clear what they're doing. Yeah, so just uh, with me, when I'm having my journey with this movie, Andy, you were kind of right in the beginning about, like, my like when the racing was happening, I would get bored. In the beginning, they showed the whole fucking race, which I was like... I loved it, though. Yeah. Too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I knew Zach would, but, but it's, like, uh, it, it's like one of the best courses in F1. They still race it today. And I got really excited because they show the whole thing, and I was like, oh, here comes the tunnel. That's ah, the tunnel. Oh, here, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I know the course. It's really yeah. exciting. And the way they shot it is, I, I still... Toward the end of the movie, especially at Monza, there's several shots where, like, the camera is on the car, and it, like, pans to the front and pans back to the driver. I have no idea how they got some of those shots. Like I was thinking about it, and I even like looked it up. The they used um, this is interesting. They used the Ford GT40 for a camera car because <laughs> they needed something that was like fast as hell. And they, were, well, I guess we'll just buy the fastest car we can. And they got, uh, they, got they time traveled and got GoPros. That's what <laughs> they got, well, that's what <laughs> they needed. But no cameras were like you know big honking cameras. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
then they also had like camera cars. They took an F1 car and put like the camera in the nose of it. And a bunch of those were driven by Phil Hill, who in 1965 was the world champion in F1. It's just really, oh, really that's cool. so cool. Yeah, yeah, really cool stuff. Like, like it has it has pedigree to it. Sorry, Dubs, I completely interrupt you. I'm just really yeah. excited to talk about this movie. Yeah, you money. fucking nerd. You <laughs> yeah. one nerd. It's a whole yeah. month. Uh, yeah. We'll see you guys next month. This. <laughs> yes. So like this like. In the beginning, I was like, oh, man, this is so long. But then I got Monaco, into it. God damn. Yeah, yeah, I got into it. Like, uh, uh, spoiler alert, I'm getting into F1 racing because of this movie. And now <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to be like, it's so dramatized. You're not going to see that. But Andy was telling me that they, like, say shit over the radio and, like, talk I mean, there shit. is drama. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just so. not, like, it's not, like, all the same in this movie because you're literally following their lives. And then also, like... You know, like all the, the intense, really crazy things that happen, or yeah, like the most extreme that. things that happen. Yeah, you don't want to see that anyway. No one wants to watch somebody die. Although some people want to see, it. everyone wants to see like the worst crash, but they want to see that person survive it. That's that's a plot point. That's yeah. Yeah, exactly like them all like hawking around to watch the guy burn alive. Like that's and that's the whole point of it. Um, and again, the movie is great. It's it almost was like a Greek tragedy in a way uh, along Jean Claude's character because he just wants to quit like he knows his body he, he, mentally he's done and then by the intermission point that's heartbreaking when he hits Dude, the, the kids. writing in this movie is fucking great like, oh it is cool. oh absolutely i mean you're right about it being like a greek tragedy because at the end pete gets what he wants he gets the championship and like he's kind of like made up with scott and scott's back with his wife and like the announcer is just straight up like i'll bet they Really are upset that it has to come <laughs> where a great racer lost his life and like the camera pans and there's like the smoke. And then it's the last scene where he's like on the racetrack and it just plays the sounds before he starts walking the track. Oh my God, that is so good. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, and again, he even hears back like the same thing that he said, which is like haunting. He's like, Pete, do you ever get tired, you get tired of, yeah, of the I'm driving? getting tired lately. Yeah, oh, it's so rough. And, and it's like and even so even Murray Saint tells him, if you feel that way, you can stop. And he says, No, I'll keep going. Actually, it even reminds me almost of like some great westerns. Like it's a man that is ready to move on and ride into the sunset, and he's not allowed his chance to ride into the sunset. Like he dies in the very end instead of being able to go away and enjoy the rest of his life. Like it just yeah. it sucks. But like in a good way, right? It's like painful. It's supposed to be. Uh man, it's it's so well written. I, I agree. That's what drug me into it. And again, for for those out there that are listening and everyone got all into the F one, yes, it's there. If you don't if you hate F one, I'm just jumping right to it. Like I would recommend this movie to anybody. Screw if you like F one or not. It's a good drama. Yeah. This is a fantastic drama. Like it is a, a fantastic story. Radio, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it's just really good. And by the way, Chaz was right about, you know, the cunt uh, lady, uh, because in the beginning I was like cunt. And then I cheered for Scott and, and Pat's uh, relationship coming back together. Yeah. N- number one, Scott is a fucking he has a lot of calmness uh, because I would have beat the shit out of Pete uh, again with this fucking Mac camera doing the thumbs up the camera's like yeah dude masculinity, bro. No. Yeah, bro. honestly it's the kind of thing if someone described it to me oh in this movie um a guy and his wife drift apart and she has an affair with his old teammate and then they get back together i'd be like they get back together oh what? that's not satisfying at all but no I, i'm i'm right there with you like as it was happening i was like yes this is right yeah at- Everybody had great character development. 
everybody. Yeah. Uh, Pat mean, had a great hence the, the only length, one, I guess. The only one that didn't have great uh fucking development uh because she's bland with her acting is the the, the Lisa chick that went with the American to go see the Greek islands and shit. She, oh yeah, the one that doesn't dance or smoke or drink. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> she she wasn't really an actress. She was like a famous singer, and she yeah, was she trying dated to get Mick Jagger acting. Yeah, yeah. It turns yeah. out she doesn't act either. But yeah, that's like my favorite line in the movie is yeah, I think you should go to the Greek Isles with your American boyfriend. I think and, you should go to hell. Yeah, <laughs> but he's like smiling as he does it. It's yeah, he's really they're funny. both smiling like it's great, dude. Yeah. I. I I love and hate that scene because of her bad acting. Because she's like, okay. <laughs> and she like exit seed. I'm like, they, they played it well because like this Italian guy, I'm I'm guessing he's Italian, right? Yeah. No? Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. Sicilian specifically. Sicilian, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. The, every, I, I love the, the settings in every part of this movie. Uh, the racetracks. I love the... Uh, the, they went to like this mansion where all the F1 racers talked about the the yeah, road like condition or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like that. Which, by the way, I thought was funny um, and ironic uh, because John Pierre was like, we, "We need to cancel this race," and he's the one that crashes in that race uh, because I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> it's a nice plot piece. I I like it." Yeah. Just just the writing in general. I just I I adored the writing because. It made me hate characters, and then it made me love characters. Uh, Pete was only like he did have a development, but he always seemed stone cold a little bit. Pete, and and, and I think that's like kind of supposed to be his character. Like he just wants to win. He wants to be the champion. Like I need a car. Like he even like uh, when when um, I almost said Honda when Toshiro Fune is talking to him. He says, which of your drivers are you going to get rid of? He says, well, I'm not going to enter in a third car, which you can't fucking do. But whatever, it's a movie. I, maybe back then you could, actually. But And then when he's leaving, he says, if I was going to fire one of my act, or one of my drivers, would you have still taken it? He just kind of like looks at him and says, okay, good. <laughs> like, meaning, yeah, I probably would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to say it. It was like, yeah. Well, that's I think actually, too, like we made the joke before about how like at the end it shows all their motivations kind of playing in flashbacks as they're on the last track. Um, and all of them are with women, but he's not. He's looking at the one person that is helping him achieve his actual goal, which is to become the world champion. Because to him, the racing is what matters. Everyone else, the racing actually ends up being secondary because they've seen some other bigger purpose to what else is going on. Um, I actually don't even know if he's necessarily, like, again, it's not necessarily that there's like a protagonist versus an antagonist directly. It's more like the, the racing itself is just this wild beast that everyone's trying to tame in their own way. And you just watch all of the intersecting plot points play out. Mm -hmm. But I'd say if anyone's a, a true protagonist, it's either Jean-Claude or Scott. Like Scott's story is interesting because they don't, they uh, give you enough, but they don't like overwhelmingly spoon feed you with it but it's fantastic to realize like this person's made his whole entire life about driving and it's not for the same reasons the other guys have like he's actually trying to live in the shadow that's been cast because his dad i think it was his, his father brother. right or brother uh, his, his brother was this legendary racer that dies so he's trying to live in a shadow and chase that he's chasing a ghost so it's so much more than just I'm trying to win to win. Like it's a big deal to the point that like this man's crippled and he's like, passing out in this car from pain and he's still pushing forward. I kind of saw a really it as cool story. Scott Scott is the story that is like all human. Like obviously the racing is is what gets you there, but it's about like his struggle with um 
uh, recuperation and like living in his brother's shadow and getting his wife back and like everything in his life that's going wrong. And he's trying to like fight and get it back. And the opposite side is Pete is it's just racing. It's it, for his, his story is just racing. I got to win. I got to be the champion. I got to get a car. I got to get better. I got to beat these people. But right in the middle of that, I think is Jean-Pierre Sarti. I think it's he's he's got like the story stuff where he's having an affair, but also he's married and uh, he thinks maybe he wants to get out of it. And then that thing with the the the. Um, spectators getting killed but then also there's a lot of racing like put into his story because his entire conscious of faith is whether or not he should still be racing so i I felt like i kind of like his story the most because it's both yeah no i did too it's also like this big bombshell thing whenever his wife finally shows up and it's and it also is just this clusterfuck of oh well it's not really just one time because she just like lays it out it's like okay we can we can know this like i own you bitch like you're never leaving me. Our marriage is what it is. It's a political thing, and you can't leave. She's just like every other girl. So then it like reels like, okay, he's done this cycle several times. How many times has he actually wanted to leave and move on? Maybe he's actually found the right person, and it's right. He's ready to do so. Um, but again, like it sucks because you want him to have that satisfying ending in some way. And man, it's just so brutal that uh, actually they do a great job of actually throwing you off during the race because when they start to talk about that bank and how dangerous it is, they're doing it when Scott is doing the exact thing that's dangerous. It's mm-hmm. passing someone on the high end because of the, the centrifugal force that pulls you up, but he ends up succeeding and it's fine. And then later after a bunch of stuff's happened, then John God's trying to catch up and that's when he just wrecks and, and dies. But it's the same problem. He was doing the same thing. Um, and I think back to what I said, there is a villain, the, the whoever's manufacturing the Ferraris, because they keep fucking up. Like the well, whole movie, they keep they keep falling apart, and the guy's pissed. Like there's nothing wrong with their cars. I mean, and Ferrari's been fucking up problems. for decades, but yeah. But also, he's like he he has Jean Pierre's car arrive late. He brings his wife. He like tells him like oh, you should retire, or I'm gonna choose when you retire. So like the guy's a motherfucker. It's like get out of here, God damn it! Like everything yeah. like happens wrong at Monza is his fault. Yeah, but then like. <laughs> To be fair, he did do the black flag thing, so it's like, okay, that's maybe cool. he runs the nervous way. Yeah, yeah that, that was kind of cool, and they kind of play that out, which I imagine that's a real a real thing. Like, if you lose a driver like that, it's like, okay, okay, it does not matter. The points don't matter anymore. It's it's about more than that. So, could have stood out as a real villain and just been like, nope, keep going. <laughs> that's been kind of shitty. Yeah, I think yeah, they I'd... were still trying to make him look like real people-ish. Yeah, I knew John Pierre was dead when uh, that lady, Miss Fett Fredrickson, said, I love you. And he's like, we're going to have to deal with these consequences after the race. I'm like, you ain't coming back, bitch. <laughs> you dead. <laughs> like, like, obviously, there's more foreshadowing, like, you know, tired of driving and all that stuff. And him, you know, losing the love for the game and all that stuff. But, like, that moment, that moment where she's, like, after, which, by the way, the tension between him, I mean, her and his wife. Dude, you could cut it with a fucking knife. That scene, that stare off, it, like she knew, like, oh, he's fucking that bitch. Uh, like <laughs> I knew that that was happening. And then right when she was like looking at the photos, you could tell she's contemplating saying "I love you" uh, because it was just like so awkward. Like, oh, I'm going off to work now since you're not, you know, coming with me. Oh. Well, it's all and, fucked up, too, because, like, all these people were taking photos and, like, all the mass public are around it. And she's standing there next to her husband, prim and proper, 
like not like she's upset, but like she's not showing really any emotion to it. And this other woman is hysterically losing her mind, yelling the guy's name with his blood all over her. Yeah, like it is very clear to everyone there what's happened, and a lot of them already knew anyway, right? Because they're inside yeah. of what, what's happening. But it's still it, it's kind of it's really interesting to see how that played out. The only thing though is I, I didn't get any foreshadowing. The moment he wrecked, and I just saw. Whoosh, I was like, oh, yeah, he's fucking dead. There's no way he's surviving that. He's hanging from the tree. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to play this off. I had a little hope. I had a little hope. He moves a little bit on the stretcher. So you think, wait, is he? He does. He does move a little bit. But I saw that. I was like, nah, he's he's got an epidural hematoma. Doc talk. It's back. Uh, He'll bleed out. He's going to be fine for a few minutes. And then he'll bleed out. He did. Like, yeah, yeah, you'll take a tree branch like that. He straight, like, just he just goofied it right off the the fucking embankment. You guys talked about the the head of Ferrari being a jerk. By the way, the guy the guy who's the head of Ferrari at the factory who's talking to him, I couldn't figure out where he's from. He's the bad guy in Thunderball. I had to look it up. I was like, who is that guy? No, he's the bad guy. Another interesting link to something else we watched. But uh, and then also, you know, Scott's wife is like kind of a bad guy. You, like you at first you're angry at her, and then you kind of came come around on it. But uh, another person I was angry at first, but came around to was uh, the guy who headed um, the the BRM God. racing. Because yeah. when Scott and Pete crash, like Pete told him, "Look, it's sticking in between the third and fourth gears, or whatever he says." And then he's like, "Whatever, you're you're never halfway home. Get get back on the track." And then that wreck happens, and then was, you'll never race for me again. It's like, Motherfucker, he tried to tell you this was going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, he was like pissed about it, and, but. I don't know how much of that too is just the bias of not just the cars, but like you may have just killed like my favorite. Like I think there's like a bias there. Like yeah, if the if the roles were reversed and Pete's the one that gets torched like that and is making that recovery, does he do all the same things to get him back in a car? Probably not. No, like there's more the to it. <laughs> yeah. No, and also like it, they they are kind of being like. They need to let him pass, and he does drag his feet on letting Scott pass. That, I was going to ask about really this. He really doesn't want to do that. I, I, I wanted to ask about this. Yeah, I mean, the movie plays out. They they drive for a long time after that blue flag happens, but then he comes out and he's like, "Of course, I was going to let him pass." And it's like, okay, that that's a really he like, had sloppy signals, excuse. Like when he puts his arm up, that's okay. Pass me, and that's when his right uh, when the it sticks, and that when he's passing him is when the wreck happens. Yeah. Right, exactly, but at the same time, like, he does that, but like you said, he drags his feet forever, so it's like, okay, yeah, if you just let him pass before, then there wouldn't have been a wreck, so, and both of you would have been fine, but, I don't know, I, I wondered there if you, if, how much of you thought, like, okay, well, did he just really do, like, a feigning thing there, and again, it is bad luck, the, 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 that's why I made the joke about the, uh, the Ferrari guy, and then I guess it'd be BRM too. Like all the cars are fucking up, and it's it's really the car's fault. Uh, but it is interesting too. Like this is a dumb F one nerd thing. The 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 place on uh, the Monaco track where they choose to have that wreck happen is um the it's some French word Nouve Chicane. Uh, wrecks still happen there all the time. <laughs> yeah, I watch. Like it's one of the shittiest parts of that because it's like two right angle turns. Which cars don't like to do at that speed. So yeah. stuff still happens there all the time. Yeah, Tur- turns out that yeah, you can't exactly make those turns unless you slow down. But. Yeah, they, they have to slow down because they're coming out of the tunnel at that point, and the tunnel is like 
a lot of speed and then you got to come way off the throttle and you go through the chicane and then there's some more speed. No, dog. If they had a handbrake, they could make it. <laughs> right. Drift. They should drift. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Get a Subaru in there. Zach hasn't is. said much. Yeah, you guys all been talking. Sorry, Sorry. I was excited. <laughs> Y'all said all the things I wanted to say. You say other things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, the racing action was actually pretty good. I'm surprised they went as long as they did with like a lot of that footage. It's like they tried to get as, as much of a sense of, you watched a complete race in a movie. From what that I understand, many- in the 60s, you couldn't just watch Formula One on television. No. So I think for American audiences, like this was really novel. I mean, yeah, yeah. racing in general, I, th- I don't think was really a thing to be able to watch in that way, right? I mean, you yeah. could go down to the dirt track and like, you know, oh, whatever county, fun. North Carolina or whatever. But oh, like, sure, for sure, yeah. yeah. NASCAR was, I think, te- televised at that point, but yeah, that's <laughs> all. Was it oh, okay? I wasn't sure if NASCAR was was televised yet or if it was a little later. But I, I mean, it, it could it could have been. I'm curious about that now. Was um, it? Did they? Was NASCAR founded in '57 at Daytona? Right. I think officially, oh, okay. sure. Like, I, yeah, they had an unofficial. They, they had that. They had that meeting, while. and they all decided Bill France was going to be in charge. I'm trying. I'm trying to. My stock car knowledge is not what my Formula One knowledge is. Yeah. No, you were right. Uh, the 1960 Daytona 500 was one of 60. the first telecasts. I was of a NASCAR race. So yeah, it was it's right there. So yeah. yeah I was going to say I've seen 60s footage of NASCAR and it wasn't it didn't look mm. terrible either. So All right. All right. So yeah, never, but, but still yeah. as far as Formula 1 goes, it would have been novel for America. Right. Yeah, they they wouldn't have had any idea. Um but yeah, it was it was cool to see all that and it's all this I was also like how did they get all these shots? Like holy hell. Like <laughs> just it was very impressive. Um, and yeah, the editing too. I was also like this, like it was also, it was of course like real sixties experimental kind of stuff. But for the most part, I liked all the clever transitions or like the showing what's going on in like a comic book panel kind of way. Almost. I guess the guy who did like the design of the the transitions and the opening credits is the guy who worked with Hitchcock on a lot of his openings. That would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, so something you mentioned there, like, I, I feel like, again, I was saying, because I, I think it is the one thing that sticks out. I do still think this movie is too long. Like, there are things about it that could be cut. But at the same time, it's like, it ha- it's got a variety of stuff there. It's cool, for especially for the time it came out. Like, it has all the racing stuff. For, like, the story itself, there's a lot of that that could still be cut because it's not it's, it's not integral to what you're watching. However, it's still interesting to watch. I think the That's people who so wrote hard. this got overindulgent on like writing three movies. Is kind of what happened. <laughs> I, 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 I think yeah. if you wrote this script now and then you like shopped it around Hollywood, as they say, and it got in a bunch of people's hands, and they like punched it up and like rewrote this and changed that, I think what you would end up is uh, Pete, the James Garner character, would be the the main character, and they would take all the depth out of both uh, Scott and Jean Pierre. And they just write Nino out of it. They write uh, the head of BRM Racing out of it. They write all those people out of it. Get rid of that shit. Um, and like you would just have like one dimensional characters and also the main character, and it would be you know a nice cozy two hours. 
But I kind of like this better. Like you kind of watch two and a half movies. Yeah, I uh, I didn't really feel the length of this one when I was watching it. Uh, I didn't so until like when the um, intermission came up. I was like, oh my god, what time is it? I did pause it and I made popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, if you if you ax out the little prelude thing mm-hmm. in the intermission, yeah, you just shaved off seven minutes of runtime right there. Yeah, and it's just as long as yeah. any other modern movie at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, again, I I will say like it's not like I watched it and I ever drug like I was inter- I was interested in it, but looking at yeah. it objectively, there there is a ton of racing content that uh, there's a ton of it that's relevant because it's part of the plot, right? But there's a lot of it too that's there for just the exposition of showing off Formula One racing. It's just to be cool, is, yeah, and and it's really cool, exactly. So it, it is really neat to still see. So like it's like I wouldn't tell them to cut it. But like you said, this movie, it'd be hard to remake this movie because they would make it into a giant turd sandwich. Yeah, I mean, they're they're famously yeah. making... They did what they did for this movie this year during Formula One because they're making a Formula One movie. Like, uh, Brad Pitt's either in it or he's producing it. Uh, he's buddies with um, Lewis Hamilton or whatever. I guess some of the drivers are, like, in it. And they filmed a whole bunch of it at Silverstone this year, but they also filmed parts of it at the other races, and they had like an imaginary F1 team on the track during practice and qualifying at Silverstone so that mm-hmm. they could get a bunch of footage. Uh, the same thing happened when they shot uh, Grand Prix. They like had an imaginary team. It's actually um, McLaren's cars. McLaren had just entered Formula One and they made a deal and got a bunch of money to have their cars painted dark green. And they, they did this with them instead so they could get all the footage for this movie. Which I thought was interesting. But yeah, they just did this again. They interrupted a bunch of Formula One stuff to make a Hollywood movie. <laughs> I also like the, uh, like, they talk about, like, the media sensationalizing, like, the violence and stuff in sports. Yeah. Uh, because when Pete, which, by the way, Pete's a fucking Chad badass who knew his fucking car was on fire but had to finish the race. I, I uh, believe uh, it was Jean Pierre though that you said was based. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Jean Pierre said it, but but fucking Pete lives it. Let's, let's yeah. just be honest. It's like true. that's true. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. So like obviously when Jean Pierre like notices the photographers being like. Oh man, is this guy fucking fried chicken? <laughs> like they're like coming up and taking pictures, and then like he brings it up to uh, uh, I forget her name. I'm just gonna call him Miss Fredrickson. Um, when, when she's like, yeah, I saw these you know photographers and they were just like animals while you know the stuff was on fire, and then she sees it when Jean Pierre dies, where you know she has the blood on her hands and she's like, is this, is this, this what you want to use on it? Mm-hmm. And and they're just clicking away. They don't give a fuck. They're just like, this is gonna make a lot of money for my newspaper. Yeah. Uh, so you get small too. Like I, I told you all. I watched. I had to go back and watch it. But again, just from the, again, I worked a twelve-hour shift. Came home and tried to watch this. And it was pretty late. So like, I just I stayed up as late as I could. But that last race, I just fell asleep. I, mean, I was done. So I had to go back and watch the last half hour of the movie today while I was at work and I had a, just a small amount of downtime. And man, I was I was I was interested. I was like, oh, I wonder how this is going to end. And I did, was not expecting all that to happen. No, I like, remember when Monza was starting. I said out loud, "How is this movie going to end?" Because I could mm-hmm. see any of the three main guys winning. I could see Nino winning for crying out loud. I did not. Any see... Any of them would have been an interesting conclusion. Yeah, I did not see how it was going to end uh, in any of those ways. Uh, I was like, whoa. 
I'm really glad I went back and watched this. Uh, that was really fucked up, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the uh, I honestly, John called like the intermission part, like knowing he, he again, it's a total accident. He can't help it. Like it just is what it is. But like just seeing how like two children, just bystanders, get killed, and effectively they just move on, like like. No, well, nothing is said of it. And like the fact that he like doesn't, I was like, shit, that, that would break me. Well, that's the thing. I think that's the, uh, the racers back then. Cause remember it, it goes back to when he was telling her about the museum, you know, people are going to party no matter if there's a death or not. And <sighs> even when he was in that room before the guy, the father came in, which by the way, that scene was funny because the father's like, looking at around, he's like, Alberto and Grotto, <laughs> and then uh, and then it goes to that scene where he like tries to beat him up, and then John Pierre is like, "Oh, the next you know next uh, track is gonna be easy. It's gonna be great." And then Miss Fredrickson is like, "Shut up! <laughs> like you just kill people." Uh, yeah. And then he, well, and then, well, he's then he like that's actually a beautiful like that's a that is an awesome like heartbreaking scene though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, because he's literally just trying to just not... He's doing anything he can to not think about the fact that he just killed two children. Like, yeah. he's literally doing anything he can. Like, that I, that scene is just crippling to see. But, the like, just think, think from the perspective of, like, you just hit... It's like, I mean, shit, think about a movie we watched however long ago. Uh, what is it, The Machinist? Uh, the guy hits a kid by accident. I mean, you know, different context, of course. But, like, the guy, like, unravels and falls apart because of the guilt that's built up in that. Like, it's one thing if you were worried about wrecking or hurting yourself or the crew, but to hit a bystander or kill a child, like, that's that's rough. So, like, and, and again, that, Jean-Claude that, still just had it in his blood. He's like, I got to finish it. As I still tragic as it is, like, that shit happened all the time in motorsports, like, right up until the 80s. I mean, it's yeah. still... Huh? <laughs> Group B. Group B. I mean, it, it got Group B canceled. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's weird. We're going to talk about this later when we talk about stuff we've watched. But I also watched um, the new Ferrari movie for Michael Mann. And I also watched uh, Gran Turismo, the the new video game movie, sort of. Based on really. a true story? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, based on a true story. That's right. Uh, but so is Ferrari. And uh, they both also have scenes where that happens. Yeah, like that's how part of motorsports that kind of tragedy is. That is just fucked up. <laughs> and, and, and the ones in Ferrari and Gran Turismo are both based on real things that happened. So, oh yeah, I've, yeah. So I mean, again, I figured with the Grand Prix, like it's not just sensationalized. Like that probably is a real thing that happens. Oh, yeah. Just thinking like the viewpoint of like a driver, like that's gonna be a hard thing. Like, how do you get behind the wheel again, knowing that that happened? Mm-hmm. But I, like you said, it's like how they talked about it. Like you just. And actually, there's a really good quote about how uh, I can't remember who says it, but someone says that you can't you can't have much. I think it's John Claude. He says you can't have an imagination as a driver. That's what makes a good driver because you don't think about what could happen. You just simply just drive. He says Is it pretty early in the movie. Claude, by the way, Jean Pierre. Jean Pierre. I keep saying Jean Claude the whole time. I kept thinking yeah. about interrupting him, but I didn't want to be a jerk. Jean Claude, Jean Pierre, Jacques Cousteau. It's all the shits. I like Jean Pierre better. Jean Pierre Sarti. It's a cool name. Yeah, it's a. By the way, is uh the the re- the guy that he, uh, Nino is referencing when he's saying I have it on good authority that Scuba is is bad. Like I kept thinking like is who's he talking about? Is he is he trying to make some like bullshit reference that he yeah, knows I, like Gusto? Oh, he definitely was. I was like, is he just trying to make some weird vague reference to someone? But yeah, I don't know. 
to circle back on like the people getting uh, the kids getting killed by the way i even today bro like nascar events i've seen nascar cars go into fucking stands uh i've also seen when people go see uh drag racing and fucking drift racing and all that stuff they're like mm-hmm. on the street fucking idiots by the way we are human beings that make mistakes and just because these guys are professionals and i'm air quoting for you audio listeners um there's gonna be a mistake and i would never put myself in that situation to be near a track where a car that's going 180 miles to 200 miles per hour uh, to be in that situation, so that's why, the, that's why the best place to be in a speedway is right in the fucking middle of the, the racetrack where you can party it up and see all the shit. You don't have to worry about getting hit by car. <laughs> you don't want to see a Lancia Delta S4 do an e brake turn at like 150 miles per hour and roll Fuck 30 it. times and hit you. I'll, I'll fucking no. I'll see, it, I'll see it on a television screen. I'll drink I'll, my beer. I'll, I'll still do it. Like, Dub's just saying that, and in the back of my head, I was like, oh, I would. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, watching it. I'm like, oh, yeah, woo! And he's like, you know, face-to-face at death in an Aston Martin coming right at him. He's like, sweet release. Bring it. There's worse ways to die. I don't judge yep. kinks, man. I don't judge kinks. People, like, lay there in bed just dying, and it sucks. You got killed by, like, a, a, a fucking ass. Aston Martin, like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, by the way, uh, this movie also makes me want to download Forza Motorsport uh, because just because I uh, want that game tragically bad, but I haven't got it yet. <laughs> yeah, I saw it. I, I thought about actually, it, it is just purchase only. It's not just Game Pass, right? It's Game Pass. It's game it Pass. is okay. Sweet. I thought so. I thought I remember seeing it on PC Game Pass because I got I got that shit now. So oh, it's a Microsoft Damn, thing. It's gonna be Game Pass day oh, one. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I need to get I need to get on that then. Download that. See what's up. It's got like formula cars in it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's and stock cars like old school, real old school, weird stock cars are in that game. Well, I'm gonna talk mm. about that later. Oh, Doc Talk. What was Scott putting uh, in him with that needle? Morphine. Was that right? Morphine. morphine? Yeah, I, I assumed it's the it was 60s. either. What could it be? <laughs> yeah, I I assumed it was either one of two things. It, it either had to be some type of narcotic, like pain reliever, so morphine, or he was giving himself maybe like steroids. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, but I assumed it was. It was like I, out though, does it? <laughs> well, it's not even so much that. Like I I again, there were like scenes in between where he was doing it, and like okay, maybe he's trying to do this to help with uh, loosening up and, and being able to move. But, again, if it's alluding to, okay, he's just in a, a shit ton of pain and he just needs meds, morphine makes the most sense. And that, mm-hmm. at the time, like, that that would make the most sense. I assumed it was that, too. So I mean, that's how I feel when I'm sitting in, like, a chair and I get a Charlie horse. I just fucking hit that leg. <laughs> that's how I felt with Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie also, uh, if you ever wanted to do, like, don't drink and drive and don't do drugs and drive, there's two scenes. One where uh, Pete is, like, taking pat on a a dinner date and they're like at a bar and they drink and then they drive uh, back to the hotel and he's like fucking drifting with the mustang and then his car owns by the way yeah Yeah, by the way badass i love it uh and then scott fucking pops pills before her race i was like that was legal too that that's gonna end up bad look back in the day it was up to you to uphold like your end of the deal if you if you drink or do pills or do morphine Hey, that's just how it is, man. Listen, you gotta you gotta get in that car if you need a bean. Get a bean. Dude, car insurance. 
car insurance must have been insane in the 60s, bro. Or non-existent. <laughs> or yeah, exactly, yeah. didn't exist. Guess what? You want to want you want something crazy? Credit lines didn't exist for like until like 15 years after this movie or 20 years after this movie was made. Wrap your head around that. Mm-hmm. You had to be responsible yeah. or just poor. Yeah, you just had to fucking steal someone else's money or something. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh Dude, I, I this movie might be in my Andy. You're gonna be surprised because this movie I think is in my top ten of all time. Wow! What? I, yeah, I, I've had I, a, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, I've had a great time watching this movie because I'm gonna be honest with you, Andy. Like, I was like, I'm not into the sport of racing. I like racing games, hmm. uh, and I was just like, oh man, this is gonna be uh, like a terrible for me for this whole month <laughs> to get through racing fucking movies. No. Dude, uh, we're gonna lock it in. I'm telling yeah. you, watch a season of Drive to Survive, and we're gonna I'm gonna lock you in as an F1 fan. Dude, I'm gonna get episode. Dude, don't be surprised that I get a fucking F1 jersey because <laughs> once once I lock in because uh baseball uh when i got locked in on baseball mm-hmm. i was hockey always first when i yeah. uh, got into baseball in the 90s and stuff late 90s early 2000s That's i went all in and i fucking like studied that shit so i'm gonna be studying the shit out of f1 racing well you gotta uh, figure it, out who's your guy who's your team yeah so Pause. i'm gonna jersey and if i get if i get drug into it i'm just gonna like take a picture i was like hey guys look what i bought i just bought a formula one car the list because i got i got zach to watch drive to survive and i got another mutual friend of ours to watch it he likes it as well it's funny um zach broke uh, i already told you zach but i'm gonna say it again for the show uh he says you know i really like the haas guy meaning gunter steiner he's everyone's favorite (laughs) who is the controversial racer that has no filter when he speaks. Tell me. Yes. Max for Max Verstappen. <laughs> I guess. He, he doesn't yeah. speak, he just wins. Yeah. No, he does he, speak. He's a bit of a heel though, too. Yeah, yeah. he has to be because he's the guy to beat. He is now. Yeah. He, yeah. He whooped everybody's ass this year. I uh, consider I, I consider him a tweener. <laughs> a tweener. He's a fucking yeah. stone cold. Uh so the director, John Frankenheimer, which by mm. the way, amazing fucking name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what other movies has he done that was popular besides after this? Uh, oh, um, fuck! I had this ready and I already forgot. Birdman, oh, Alcatraz, Manchurian Candidate. Yeah, Birdman, oh, Alcatraz is the big one for me. Anyway. I guess because I, I want to watch more of it. I'm just kidding. Ooh. Oh, I, I got excited for a second. The French Connection. Uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> Reindeer games. Oh Wait, shit! Is that the one, that the one with uh, you? You Ben Affleck. Is that the one with the? Oh, that is Ben Affleck. I almost said Skeet, <laughs> I almost said Skeet Ulrich for some strange. The movie. Island of Doctor Moreau is a is an infamously bad movie. <laughs> he directed Ronan, that Robert De Niro movie. He did. Huh. I want to watch some of his stuff because I was. I, dude, like this movie is written and directed really well. It really uh, is. It got um, Academy Awards for film editing, which it deserved, and sound yeah. editing, which it also deserved. Yeah. yeah, I was like watching this on my TV. And uh, normally, whenever I watch something in my living room, I'm like always turning the stereo on. And, but like, I haven't really been able to do that as well lately. Um, and then I was like, no, fuck it. I'm going to turn the stereo on for this. one. <laughs> I got up and I started like, I could. My mo- my mobility is still a bit limited, but I can do a lot more than I could the last time I was here. So. 
Well, yeah, you're like I'm a you're like Scott. Huh? You're like Scott because he had no right. mo- mobility. I felt for Scott. Like- I could I could emphasize it to him because he was on crutches and he's trying to go upstairs. And I'm like, this, this shit's hard. He was doing it wrong though. By the way, he had like all that banister railing, and he was trying to go up with both both crutches. Like, no, don't do that. Just ditch one, grab the railing, and hop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, Chaz for Doc Talk, and then we have Zach for Cripple Talk. <laughs> cripple Talk. <laughs> I, can say, I can say that I'm crippled. Uh, yeah, like. By the way, like Scott in the beginning, because after he calls Pete like you bastard, I'm like, well, it's your fucking like uh, boss's fault a fault for uh, not listening about the third and fourth shift, uh, and then he starts like gaining my liking. Uh, what he's like, would you want me to beat up Pete with my crutches? And she's like, that's not funny. I'm like, that was fucking funny, lady. Yeah, he was kind then, of a funny guy. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And then when he went up the stairs and stuff, he's like, you know, I went up it. I'll come down it. I'll just, you know, slide down the banisters. I'm like, that's funny, too. That's funny, too. (laughs) It's funny because they, like, set it up because Pete gets cast out of the team. And you're like, oh, motherfucker, goddammit. And you want to be upset at them. And they're like, goddammit, I really like Scott. And he has a lot to overcome. So, like, you just can't help it. Yeah. Oh, tell me this. Because Pete... Uh, brings on Scott onto the the winner's uh, stage, sort of say. And the the announcer was announcing something like he was bringing them on there. Are they like champions now? Or is he just always going to be second place, Scott? I mean, he was second place. I mean, first, second, third are all technically welcome on the podium. So Who was the third guy? I don't know. Who knows? It was Nino. He wasn't in the movie. We don't care. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's the thing. It's like they eliminated. Like, no, they're right though. Like, third doesn't matter because the four people you are to care about that are driving. Well, one dies, the other one gets pulled over to stop racing because his teammate dies. So then, there's only two people to care about. It's like Days of Thunder. You need that auxiliary character that doesn't really matter, but is present in all the races, like Aldo Bendetti, who's like a stand-in for Mario Andretti. (laughs) No, you need like (laughs) the NASCAR. You know the meme of the the Russian guy that like wins and he's like flipping out and he's making out with the lady that's presenting everything and he's like throwing champagne everywhere and he's he's bronze like he's throwing a fit like he he won gold and he's the only person like no that you know, that's the guy waving that his dick in the air in Formula One. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I but, yeah. I also want to get props because. Nino's in a, you know a lot of scenes, but most of it he's like the comedic like uh, womanizer. I like to have a sex with every woman possible, even the Asians. Um, and even the Asians, <laughs> what the fuck is that supposed to be? Yeah, that was a weird phrasing. But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even have sex with them Japs. <laughs> <laughs> no, he said they listen, were on loan. It was listen, uh, listen, I just had some redneck beer. I'm fucking fine, okay? How about uh, your, blood sugar? your blood sugar good? Don't stop dropping the N-word. You didn't okay? even mention that the <laughs> Japanese were the best Asians out of all of them. You failed to mention that. Yeah, uh, dude, they were hot. Dude. Yeah, yeah, those Asiatics, man. I love them. The, the, uh, the Oriental I, people. I, <laughs> stop, we're going to cancel that. I prefer the fucking monotone Lisa, whatever her accent was. I guess it was French, whatever. I think she was supposed to be Italian, but it was French. The actress is French. Yes, yeah, yeah. because she's from France. 
Um, I did really yeah. like that each person, the nationality they're portraying, they're actually from. Like James Garner is obviously American, but the guy who played Scott is British. Uh, Jean Pierre is actually French, and Nino is actually Italian. So, yeah, yeah. they did. Uh, but Nino, I did like the scene where uh, uh, Jean Pierre's wife comes. And he's also like looking at Miss Fredrickson and be like, uh, fuck. <laughs> like, uh, Jean Pierre's wife is here and I'm with his lover. Uh, and it was like, he kind of like covers for her, though. He's a cool guy about it. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a bro. <laughs> yeah, he's a bro. Uh, I also like when they're fishing, by the way. And he's like, you ain't going to catch shit, bitch. Well, he didn't <laughs> actually say that, but he's like, it's like got- rowing a boat and screaming over where they're trying to fish. It's like, what a <laughs> dick. <laughs> Sterile fish away. Yeah, and he's like, we got beef steak, which, by the way, just say steak. Fuck. That's <laughs> like, how Europeans say steak. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be fair, that has to happen because it's not uncommon for them like, like make steak with a bunch of other animals, not to mention why... horse. Like, they will fucking make steak out of horse. So you have to clarify that it's beef because you're not you're talking about eating a fucking horse. Where people call Oreos chocolate sandwich biscuits. Oh, fucking mean, like, shit. Fucking British people. That's a very good word, economy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, and then also the part I, I do love where uh, Pete is like, knock it off. And like, Mino's like, <laughs> he's like, knock what it off. Do you need? And yeah. he's like, you just need to cease talking. And he's like, I love that. Knock I like that. Off. Knock it off. <laughs> yeah. I really do like, like the interactions between the drivers and throughout this movie, too. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is really nice to see how they interact with each other, even when they're they're frustrated with one another, or there's little things like that. They that they're again, all of them have like their own little personalities, but they interact in a way that they can all like laugh at each other. Like again, the whole thing with you know, like that, that could have went a different way and been way more serious. It ends up being like this moment of levity, and they play it off and they just laugh at because they also all know why they're there. Like, all of them have this, like, mutual respect for each other. Again, it's, it just ties back into the tragedy that happens at the end. It's why, like, they celebrate, but then it ends up just becoming very bittersweet because, like, I don't know. I look at it almost like Jean-Pierre uh, is – I got it. Ah, hooray. Jean-Pierre is, like, a mentor almost in a lot of ways to these guys, or he's just, like, their elder yeah, he's in like some the ways. Guy. He's the old guy. Yeah, so, like, to them, like, seeing that be the guy that, you know – ends up taking the fall in the end like that is just it's rough like and they're, and they're also close to him like you see like throughout the whole thing with pete even when everyone else kind of outcast him john pierre's there with him like you're checking on him making sure he's okay and, uh and it's just it's sad but it, it's I fantastic do, i do like that idea that like all the drivers like kind of know each other they're yeah all having that meeting about safety which by the way in that scene a bunch of drivers are playing themselves Interesting, interesting. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, a, they're actual F1 drivers that they just they just be in this room for a bit. You'll so that's like a real thing, though. But that also kind of makes it like okay, within this network of hey, we're competing, but it's also like this brotherhood. Of, yeah, I mean, you they know, do I, all know each other. It makes sense. Like, it's kind of like yeah. real life. Exactly right. As you'll see <laughs> if you watch Formula One Driver Survive plug. There it is. Watch it. You might as well. Shit, I guess we're gonna have to watch it. All right, we've we've jerked this movie around enough. Let's, let's everybody recommend it. Yeah, two out of ten. Two out of ten. Too many cars. Too too many cars. <laughs> even that um, even that uh, little safety meeting thing though, it's kind of a callback to like real life stuff. They were all concerned about. I mean, basically, they were all just like drivers for hire. 
and they were getting put through the ringer and dying on, in unsafe conditions. So they all kind of came together. It made some racers unpopular for a while. I thought it was in the 70s. I don't know. I watched a documentary on F1 TV about uh, Jackie Stewart, and he was like one of the big ones that like spearheaded, okay, we need to get our act together and start telling team owners that we're not going to fuck around and put our lives on the line anymore. I mean, they still put their lives on the line, but not as much. <laughs> not as blatantly. It's not exactly. It's just, it's not just as obvious death trap they're going right into. Mm-hmm. I also got personally, I also got like flashbacks and I know this probably, I don't know when this anime came out, probably after uh, Speed Racer. Every time they like they did, <laughs> they did like a shot of the like racer, like racing and stuff. I got little uh, Speed Racer vibes to it. Sure. Yeah, I liked it. There were zero okay. monkeys in this movie. Yeah. I mean, never mind. Uh, <laughs> Just, uh, do you recommend the movie? Uh, there is one more thing I wanted to say. Uh, I love it, and I love everyone's acting, but uh, Toshiro Mifune trying to speak English, awful. I know it's a voiceover. I'm pretty sure it's a completely different actor. It was a dub. It's very distracting, and I don't like it. I love yeah. Toshiro Mifune to death, but God damn it, every time he spoke, I was like, oh, I wish the scene would end. <laughs> I started start paying real close attention to his, like, his lip flap. So mm-hmm. to speak, it's wrong, and then yeah. I was like, "Oh, it's a little off." Okay. It's off because I don't think he ever knew English. <laughs> I guess <Yeah>. not. <laughs> I think he was just like learning his lines phonetically, and then a different voice actor dubbed him over. That's so what confused me at first when they when he first meets him. He has the interpreter, mm-hmm. and then they move on from that, and he's just talking to him in English. It's like broken well, up. They realized it's like people didn't want to watch that the rest of the movie. In 1966. Yeah, so they're like, okay, yeah. he just knows English. And they were like, well, we cast an actor who doesn't know English. Ah, we'll fucking figure it out. Well, they, made, <laughs> they made it make sense, by the way. Like, they were just like, I hate the press. And I was like, yeah. I yeah, guess. I mean, they yeah. did explain it. It's just, it was weird to see it. And then it's like, oh, but wait, he's not actually speaking English. So then it, that's what threw it off. It's like, they he actually isn't speaking English. And they're dubbing over it. And it looks weird. So it's like, oh, oh, oh whatever. It does remind me, though. One of my favorite parts is a speaking scene it's like when they're having like tea or whatever in the garden and he says uh he was I in the down war 15 americans yeah. yeah he said i shot down all these planes and he's they're like quiet for a second and he explains there was gonna come a time you were gonna wonder like you know if i had done that i just want you to know right now we're, we're gonna get it out of the way so and he like that's him... really cool i like that he's yeah. like i like you yeah he, like, he said you come to the point <laughs> that was a good yeah. scene yeah, yeah yes. pete was like okay yeah. He's like, I want to win races. I don't give a shit if you killed America. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I think yeah. I think that also kind of plays to him. Like, just, okay, I just want to win. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, that was twenty some years ago. Like, come on, let's move on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I, but yeah, I, we all recommend it. It's one of Dub's favorite movies of all time. Apparently, highly highly recommended. <laughs> I highly recommend it as well. I'm actually um I'm sweating it a bit because uh, I don't know how the other movies are going to live up to this. Again, I, I chose four movies, and I've only ever seen one of them before, and it is the one we're watching next week. Next week, we're going to watch Le Mans. It's from 1971. It stars uh, Steve McQueen, and uh, I thought the director was someone important. And I'm you said it on. might be a mystery. Did I read that right quickly? What? No. He said it stars Steve McQueen. <laughs> oh, wow. I must. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> drunk then, but whatever. Evolution uh, is a mystery. <laughs> But anyway, uh, it stars, it's, uh, interestingly, they were both made by MGM, and uh, when they were making Grand Prix, they shot a bunch of footage at the Nuremberg Ring, and 
they ended up like they didn't need it. And the studio said, well, here, give it to us. We're going to give it over to this uh, Le Mans movie, which it wasn't Le Mans yet. And then they were like, oh, we'll use this. And then the movie went through development hell. And when they finally made it, they're like, oh, we don't need it either. So, so there's a bunch of footage from Nuremberg that is in neither MGM racing movie. I thought that was really funny. That's but, um, weird. <laughs> yeah, next next week, watch 1971's Le Mans starring uh, Steve McQueen. And also, um, I, like I said, this is the only movie I've ever seen before. And I'm worried that it's not going to live up to Grand Prix. Because I've seen it before. And I do really love the movie we're about to watch. But I kind of think Grand Prix was better. I'm, I, we're, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. I mean, I... I can't say that I would give it the same reverence that Dubs gives it as a great movie of all time, but it might be one of my favorite sports-related films of oh, all time. Oh, certainly, yeah. Like, it's definitely in that conversation now. It is a it is a wonderful movie. Well, the conversation doubt. with like people who like these kind of movies has always been Grand Prix or Le Mans. Everyone, it's one or the other is their favorite. So I guess, hopefully way better we'll than Ready to Rumble. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh. So there's also a documentary about this movie, though, and I haven't seen it before. I plan to watch it. I just wanted to inform everyone and invite them to also watch uh, Steve McQueen, The Man in Le Mans. It's a documentary about the making of Le Mans because it went through hell to get made. And Steve McQueen was always like he loves fast cars and motorcycles and shit. And it's just kind of about him. And the, the cover is him like uh, it's not the middle finger, but it's him like doing the two finger thing they do in Britain. That That is basically also fuck you. So it's a very funny cover, but uh, I don't, I'm going to watch both. I wanted to invite our viewers to join me in doing that. But I'm trying to get my Mac to do something. I guess not the peace sign, whatever. All right, so let's get into host credit scene. A word from Randy Savage. Wow. Oh, somebody put a microphone in front of me. You know what that means, brother. Yeah, I've heard all about this uh, podcasting thing. I think I've been on it a time or two myself, I believe. Uh, It's a little intergalactic for me, a little out there, you know, but that's okay, brother. Yeah, because on Getting Some Color, you can relive moments, me and my glory, and my moment of glory. Before the yellow and red Brutus, you know who I'm talking about, brother. Yeah, the guy who was backstabbing, hot dog, grandstanding. Forget all about him. You can see the macho man in his glory days. Or you can hear people talking about it, at least. You can watch, too. But hey, that's not what's important. The devil's in the details. Sometimes the details aren't important. Sometimes they are. These details, they're a little bit important. You can catch, get some color. Bi-weekly Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern. Be there or not, as they say. Wow! Wow, man, freak out, yeah! By the way, I'm making more ads, and you might see some Jimmy Hart, by the way. I've been working on my... Uh, exciting. Yeah, I've been working on my Jimmy Hart lately. So. I was going to do some more ads too. I just haven't been able to. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't been able we're... to do a lot. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go clockwise. Uh, so, Andy, you're first. <sighs> I'll try to keep it brief because we're going to be here all night otherwise. And also, I'm going to save talking too much about specifically Assassin's Creed 3 until we do the game one of these days. But honestly, uh, I do want to talk a lot about Assassin's Creed 3. I beat it. I liked it. I liked it so much. 
that I bought the book. <laughs> Nerd. I know, but the book is um it's not a novelization of the game. It's told from the perspective of uh, Hatham Kenway the whole time. So you guys have played the game. You know that you spend the first like three chapters as Hatham and then you become Connor. The book is just his viewpoint up until uh seventeen eighty one when the game ends. That's really interesting, actually. Yeah. I, when I read that, I was like, fuck, I really wanted to like know what happens. So I, I don't know if I'll read it this this moment or whatever, but it was like five dollars. So I was like, yeah, whatever, send it on down. Um, I also finished for now Dragon Ball Z Kai. I got to the end of the Cell Saga, which is like the end of the original run of Kai, and then they do Kai the new episodes or something to do to finish it off. Whatever, I'm taking a break from Kai. I finished it. Um I guess when I started making this list, it was before Christmas because I watched Christmas Vacation. Who cares? Uh, watched some of Rome. Did you guys ever watch the HBO series Rome? Uh, bits and pieces. I'm oh, familiar sure. with it. Is that is that the one? No, no, I mean it's not. Is is it Rome or Spartacus that got ended prematurely because the dude died? Uh, Spartacus. Spartacus. Okay, yeah. That was a. Uh, Showtime show? Maybe? I never yeah, watched it. It's a Showtime or Star show. Ro- Rome, yeah. Rome is based on it's just only it's only two seasons. The first season begins with um, Caesar coming back from Gaul and crossing the Rubicon and ends with him getting killed. And then season two is the power battle between um, Mark Antony and Alexander. But uh, I just watched a bit of it. I'm going to go back to it at some point, but I haven't yet. Uh, I played and beat Home Alone on the Sega Genesis on Christmas <laughs> Day. I watched oh, it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the day after Christmas, I went to the theater and saw Ferrari, the new Michael Mann movie, and it is really good. It's that's not with Adam Fer- Driver. Adam Driver is uh, Ferrari himself. It's not for everyone, though. I'll I'll say that it's not the kind of movie everyone's going to like. It's not like Ford versus Ferrari? No. It's okay. similar in a lot of ways to Ford versus Ferrari, but it's got um it's a it's got a real interesting blending of not unlike Grand Prix actually. Like it's we're trying to say Ferrari, we got to win some races, we got to find financing, and also the other half is he had uh, a double life like his he had a wife that he ran the company with and they had a son who died and then he had a secret other wife that he had a son with and it's kind of about that coming to a head and they find out and like his his first wife finds out about his secret life and all this other stuff but uh it's interesting though because ferrari acts as what i would consider a prequel to ford versus ferrari because huh. in the movie they're talking about we need to find some real money. This company isn't going to last. And Ferrari's like, I just care about racing. How many cars do we even sell? And the guy's like 97. He's like 97, like hundred, 900, no 97. You sold 97 cars this last year. He's like, oh, okay. Well maybe we need to sell some more cars. And they start talking about finding financing from Fiat or Ford. Say that five times fast. And uh, at the end of the movie, it hasn't happened yet. But the conversation has started, which if you've seen Ford versus Ferrari, you know that's where the movie starts is Ford is like, okay, well, we're interested in buying Ferrari. And the Ferrari's like motherfucks them and goes to Fiat. So it's just interesting because it ends right where Ford versus Ferrari picks up, but from the other side, from the Ford. I do want to watch rewatch that movie, by the way. I, I'm going to rewatch it soon, I think, because I'm trying to do this big racing movie thing all month. Because uh, <clears throat> after that, I also watched Greased Lightning. Um, 
it is a movie about the first black NASCAR driver, but it's, he's played by um, Richard Pryor, and it's a very funny movie. It's got Richard Pryor and uh, Cleavon Little, who is the sheriff in Blazing Saddles, and Pam Greer. And uh, like I said, it's based on a true story, but it, they you know rewrite it to make it a little sillier. And uh, it's a really good movie, too. It's fun. It's fun and worth watching. But it is really hard to find streaming for some weird reason. I don't know why. Uh, then I watched Gran Turismo based on a true story. You got to say the whole thing. It's on Netflix now. It's not bad. I honestly, uh, the first 20 to 30 minutes, very cringy. Very, very cringy. Like I was like, I'm going to turn this motherfucker off soon. But it, it gets good once he like goes to the stupid camp to learn how to become a race car driver. Because up until that, there's like a scene where he's like avoiding the cops or something because they've been drinking underage. And it has like graphics on the screen and it's like, avoid the cops. I was like, this is obnoxious. I hate this. But then after that, he goes and like learns to drive and it becomes a racing movie. And it's pretty cool. And it's, it's like when the director is like, oh, it's a video game movie. We need to make it like immersive. And I'm just like, fuck this movie. But it's just the beginning is obnoxious. And uh, there's a, there's I mean, there's some cool moments where they're like, um, uh, like it shows the 3D of the car and it blows out all the pieces and you can see it. And it's neat. It's neato, but it's got some well done uh, racing segments. So, yeah, it's not bad. Mm. It's got the, uh, his trainers, um, the cop from uh, Stranger Things that everyone loves. Yeah, so much. Hopper. Hopper. Yeah, he's, he's extremely good in it. He's great. And it's also got uh, Legolas in it. He's good, too. <laughs> um, I watched Redline. Have you guys seen Redline? It's an anime no. racing movie. Uh, it's like the far off super future and uh there's this illegal racing ring that like gets the best racers together and the, the plot of the movie is they're going they're like we're gonna have a race on this stupid machine planet where there's a bunch of like militant cyborgs and the militant <laughs> cyborgs are like fuck you you can't have a race here and they're like yeah that's right we can't and they do anyway <laughs> It's a, it's an excellent movie. It's really good. It's huh. animated, awesome. Like it, that's that's the whole the movie's whole draw is it's like animated like way over. And it's anime. It Red be. line. It's anime. It's really fun to watch. It's a really good movie. I, I like oh, that's on my list. And then um, I was reading an article. Uh, it was an interview. I mean to say with Quentin Tarantino from around the time that Grindhouse came out, and they were like, "What's your favorite driving movies?" And he's like, well, a lot of people would say uh, Le Mans or Grand Prix, but uh, and then he like motherfucks them for no reason. And then he names a bunch of like B movies no one's ever heard of. And I was like, oh, it sounds like something fucking Tarantino would do. But at the end of it, he says, my favorite one is The Wild Racers. I said, fine, I'll watch it. And I watched it and it sucked. Do not watch The Wild Racers. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino doesn't know what he's talking about. No, he does. He, I mean, he, the guy's a freaking film scholar at this point, but I didn't care for it that much. And he loves much. feet. Huh? He's also he a feet, feet scholar. And he loves That's feet. right. He also loves feet, feet and film. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it for movies? That's it for movies. And then I watched uh, Drive to Survive season four, and it was awesome because it's like one of the most thrilling seasons of Formula One ever had. It has like the most dramatic conclusion to a Formula One season that's possibly ever happened, and it is still controversial to this very day. Where do I uh, watch you know, it? You know, Netflix. Uh, Netflix. Max Verstappen won because of white supremacy. <laughs> but some people will tell you that. Uh, it's that, that, that really happened. 
like honestly, uh, I've had it explained to me, and I've watched it, and all this other stuff, and it's still hard to explain, like how the end of that season came about. But it's just so wild because going into the last race, they had the same amount of points, and the championship wasn't decided until literally the final lap of the final race. Like, how can you have a more dramatic end to a racing season? Just like the movie we watch. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it wasn't decided until the very last part of the race but yeah this is uh this is real life like this happened and the two of them were like right against each other the whole time and they wrecked a couple times and uh yeah if it wasn't for you know how they have that stupid halo on the formula one cars and every time someone sees one they're like well that looks dumb they shouldn't point down on here yeah if those didn't exist lewis hamilton would be fucking dead right now <laughs> a few people i think would be dead definitely it has definitely saved at least lewis and uh joe gun lives definitely oh yeah so, I mean, at very least, it saved two lives, if not a lot more. It's funny that it's named Halo. Yeah, it's like it's the stupid little like the bar over it that kind of looks like a circle, but it's not. Uh, mm-hmm. Zach, you've been watching it a lot, too. We could talk about it at length and, and torture the two of them until they watch it. Yeah, let's do that. You've watched a lot more of it than me, though. I've only seen... I watched season one a long time ago, and then more recently I watched season five and then season four. That's all I've seen. Well, cripple talk, I'm mostly stuck on my couches. <laughs> and so all I could do is just watch things or play games. Uh, but um, yeah, I've been, I've watched season five, one and two, and I'm about to finish three. <laughs> and uh, you kind of save the best for last, I think. I, maybe I did. Yeah. yeah, all kinds of crazy shit happens in each of these seasons. Uh, people, teammates crash each other, like in Grand, uh, Grand Prix, and people get fired, although they get like delayed fired. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, there is the drama that's there. There's a lot of like, is this person going to go to that other team? Is this guy going to keep his job? Is this other stuff going to happen? You know. Yeah, somebody almost dies in a fiery crash. Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a lot of, the, a lot of the stuff, like you guys talk about the airplay between the drivers and stuff and, uh, some of these other things, it happened. They kind of highlight that in this show. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's and one they of don't the edit aspects. It. Yeah. It's one of the aspects that makes it like a little bit more interesting. You get into the, the drivers as, as the characters will say a little bit more. They, you have to remember though, like the show is still, like they edit it to make it dramatic and to play everything up. So some of it's a little like bullshit. Some like, of it is a little bit. Like that reality TV. Kind right. Of it's got that trope. reality TV, sh- TV show kind of flavor to it. And for the most part, like I'd say it's like, you know, 75% like genuine, but there's 25% mm-hmm. of it. That's like all this dumb stuff. Like, Oh, the, everyone's got a target on their backs. Like everyone yeah. makes fun of the final line of season four is, uh, someone asks um, Toto Wolf, uh, "Does Red Bull have a target on their back?" Next season, he goes, "Next season, everyone has a target on their back," and that's like a meme on Reddit. I like, I like how like, Toto Wolf is funny because he's, he's from Austria, but he has like this. He speaks like a stereotypical like villain German bad guy is what he, he really sounds does. like, and he's and like really like, tall and intimidating. <laughs> And there's this scene where he's at the Mercedes factory and he's like talking to everybody up there for like season two. He's like, at this season, we will crush them all. <laughs> <laughs> They're like clapping and shit. I'm just like, this is just funny. I don't know. 
Uh, but um, yeah, there's like all kinds of stuff like that happens, and then there's like um, it's kind of made stars out of a lot of the team principals. Like everyone likes the drivers, of course, and there are yeah. occasional interviews with the team principals on like race day and stuff. But now everyone, now like you know, Christian Horner, Total Wolf. Gunter Steiner, big time, and Zach Brown are all like household names because they're on that show so much. Gunter Steiner is the best because it, a lot of the time they just follow him around. He's just like, fuck, <laughs> fuck this, fuck me. Fucking <laughs> just, fuck. He like he just vents all the time. Instead <laughs> of like yelling at people, he just he just vents. <laughs> He's great though. He also has a very, very funny face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you guys should really watch. Give give just one season of Drive to Survive a shot. I would recommend season five because it's the most recent and uh, between or um, it's not the same as what just happened this year, but it it's you know it's kind of like close enough. It's got most of the same people still there. Um, I guess Mick Schumacher's gone and a couple other people. The Russian guy who drove for Haas, who I can't remember the name of, is gone. Mazepin. Mazepin, that's it. He's gone. Nikita Mazepin. That's right. That's him. Um, and uh, Latifi. Latifi is gone. But um, yeah, watch season five. I highly recommend it. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll wipe out the rest of the stuff I watched or played or whatever. I played some video games. I played Rock Band 3. I set up my old Ion drum set and drummed a whole bunch. Uh, I played and beat. No, no, didn't beat. I haven't beat it yet. I'm on the last level of Ace Combat 2. And uh, I played a bunch. I started making a list of all the Atari games I'd played, but it just got too long. I played the Atari 50th Anniversary Collection. That's possibly the greatest collection of retro games I've ever bought. It is extremely well presented and very comprehensive and very cool. Yeah, it's kind of like a historical archive presentation, mostly. Yeah, it's got like a timeline, and it's like, then this console came out. Here's the commercial, and here's the flyers, and here's some of the games. And it's neat, because a lot of the times, it'll have like, here's this game. But then if you go down, it's like, here's the 5200 version of this game. So you can see, like a couple games came out on the 2600, the 5200, and the 7800. And they'll have like all three versions right next to each other. It's really cool. Oh, neat. And then there's there's some Jag games in there, and some Atari Lynx games. And um, Atari home computer games and Atari arcade games. It is very comprehensive and very cool. Hmm. But yeah, that's it. I played some of those games and I watched a bunch of racing stuff. Uh, If you can't tell, I'm really missing Formula One. And this is my outlet right now. (laughs) All right, Chaz, you're up. All righty. We'll start with stuff I watched. It's gonna be. I'm gonna end this with an interesting thing too. It's 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 something that happened more than it is a thing I did. I mean, I did it. It's just it's interesting to share though. I just thought it'd be fun. But anyway, um, did the the Christmas movie thing. Uh, you know, with family as they came in. So we watched the the usual things. Um, I also went to theaters and watched. Um, there's a movie out right now called Migration. It's actually pretty funny. Danny DeVito and a bunch of other comedians are in it, and it is a cute little children's movie, but it's it's funny. So it was entertaining to watch. Uh, so I enjoyed that. We went with uh, my daughter, and she loved it. Uh, we watched, She's really big into Trolls, so we've watched all the Trolls movies lately, uh, but they're actually entertaining little films to watch, so definitely for 
you know, parents or family that are out there. These are movies to watch. It's got good music and stuff to it. Um, and then I got COVID, which sucked during Christmas, the second year in a row that I've had COVID on Christmas day or right before. So that, that kind of was trash, but, uh, I, uh, well, just, I don't know what it is, but apparently when I get really sick, I just get like this hankering to watch a bunch of horror movies. I guess I just want to see pain inflicted on others. I don't know, but I watched American psycho, uh, which is great. It's, again, nothing new. I didn't watch any like, new movies. These are all movies I've watched at some point, but I watched American psycho. I watched the original child's play. Um, I watched the original Candyman, which I don't recall if I'd actually ever watched or not. I'm pretty sure I did. But man, looking back now, especially like in comparison to uh, the uh, Candyman by Jordan Peele, or the the one he like I guess was produced producer, but probably actually didn't have as much a hand in. Um, it actually is really really cool. So uh, I want to talk about this for a bit. I've been saving it for the show. So. The Candyman that we watched is just a straight sequel. They just skipped all of the other films. It is just a direct sequel to the original movie. Oh, it, it gave the impression like it was building on something, but I so, don't know if it was like assumed or if it so was like, like film. Yeah, so you know how like the main character in the film they like show how he was like. So the one we watched with uh, that's newer, how he's like this artist, and then he finds out his mom moved away, and she has all these mental health problems, and he was like this baby that was found, and like the story was about him, and then he goes on to become the legacy he the first movie is literally about that like the woman that's involved that gets caught up in the tragedy of it all um ends up uh when she goes to visit the neighborhood uh to uh in chicago to find out about this mystery and finds all these things up that you know these uh monuments that are up for the candy man and all these horror stories that have happened in uh that area uh, Cab- uh cabrini downs uh uh the uh, other person she finds uh, that's there is a young woman who has a child. And at one point, like the whole thing is about instead of her being killed when she does the whole, I say Candyman five times, she doesn't believe in it. And she's like doing a story trying to like get her, you know, she's trying to make it big on some thesis about urban legends. So she does this the whole thing where she looks in the mirror and says it. But instead of just being killed directly, like the story typically tells, he like slow burns the whole thing and then shows up at one point and says, I'm going to make you believe in me. And then she blacks out and she wakes up in a pool of blood and she like beheaded the, that woman's dog and she like stole the baby and they don't know where it is. It's like all this whole thing that plays out long story short. She ends up like having to save that baby in a burning area and pulls it out and she dies getting the baby out of there despite Candyman trying to stop her. And he, it's like the, I don't know, the whole thing is just crazy. It, it just like actually ties into the the original stories. I, I, so I thought it was actually neat that it was a direct sequel, uh, but uh, it made that a little more meaningful. There's still it's big flaws with that movie, but uh, I really liked it. I, 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 I want to go back and revisit it. It was a really, really fun watch. Uh, a quite a disturbing movie. Um, I also watched all the Friday the Thirteenth movies, um, and by all I mean, I watched the original up to Jason X. Uh, I didn't watch Freddy vs. Jason again because we were, watched it recently. Um, mm. But now, but now I can effectively like rank them, like as I watch them all in like a power binge. Uh, I think someone else did that so uh, at some point. So it's something we can th- discuss. Um, but uh, let's see. Um, 
I watched uh, all of Hunter Hunter. Uh, I know the last time we were on the show, I think I like had started it a little bit, and I wasn't as interested. That show got really good. Hunter Hunter is really good. I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So if you like anime, I highly recommend it. Uh, it. It's it's one of the good ones, and I guess it's coming back. They're actually making a, another season of it. It's after ten years, so that's gonna be neat. Um, I don't really have a great explanation for this one, but I watched Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which is the newest movie. I kind of uh, like secretly wanted to watch it because <laughs> I watched all of Beast Wars last year and it like put me in the mood. Yeah, so that's it, it just popped up. I needed something to watch while I was like messing around with some of my cards. So like, I just put it on and like it's not terrible. Like mm. it's not a great movie, but are any of the Transformers movies good? Good. I've still only ever seen the very first one. Bumblebee's great. Oh no, I did see one more. I think maybe. Yeah, I don't know. but I don't like know. I, I mean, again, any I've watched. I think I've watched all of them now at this point. And that, that again, they they are what they are. But like, it's fine. Like, I would recommend you watch it. Like, I don't think you're gonna regret watching it. It had like the beast element stuff to it. It, it was neat. Uh, I thought it had a pretty good story. I also like that it's kind of. Um, it is a little displaced, which is kind of odd. It's it's actually in the '90s, so like the movie is like based in like the early '90s. But it also, I had a ton of nostalgia for that because it was really cool. Um, I can get so, oh yeah, no, check it out. It's it's not bad. I again, I I was like, oh, I'll watch this turd, and then it was like, oh, it's it's not so bad. So, um, I watched uh, Cowboy Bebop because I needed. I had that itch. You know, watch that once a year, just burn through it and remember all sense. of it. Oh, it's so good. So good. Uh, so as far as things I went and played, uh, churned the rest of the way through Bloodstained and finished it. I did, a fi- after uh, getting fucked up and losing my Nuzlocke, uh, I did finally beat Pokemon Fire Red. I decided to do something where I used one of the characters from the manga. I used their team. So I actually like ran- did it randomly, but through a die roll, I ended up getting red, which makes sense. Red had in the manga had Venusaur and you know, Pikachu. Um, actually, it's really cool. I didn't realize this in the original manga. He saves an Eevee that's being experimented on by Team Rocket, and Eevee in the manga can be changed back and forth between. That was why it was so unique. You could actually make it Vaporeon. Oh, I think someone told me that. One. And you go back and forth, but then eventually he decided to never do that to it again. And through making it happy, it evolved into Espeon. So that's why when you play Gold and Silver, Red has an Espeon. That's just kind of cool. Uh, it's a neat thing because it ties into that. So, um, but that said, uh, I was a bitch and I used Jolteon because you can't get Espeon when you're playing through the game. So, mm. um, but anyway, I got through it all and uh, and I even beat the. Uh, I went the round two. Like after you beat it, you unlock the extra little islands and then you can get Mewtwo and you can fight Elite Four and they have uh, Gen Three Pokemon. So I did that and that was fun. Uh, and I sold their ass. So, um, played a little bit of DBZ Muse Furry. Fury, furry, huh. uh, which is furry. like the, the uh, legacy of Goku little game on the uh, Game Boy Advance. Uh, it's it's pretty sweet. Uh, more just dabbled in it. I didn't really start too much on it. Um, card game. Oh, uh, for that Dead Cells. So everybody knows what Dead Cells is, right? It's that old uh, roguelite game that came out uh, yeah. a couple years ago. I, I enjoyed it then, but like you know, it gets a little stale after you do it a bit. Well, they came out with Castlevania DLC. Let me tell you, this Castlevania DLC is fan-fucking-tastic. I love it. 
they you can straight up just like run into characters like Richter and Alucard. You fight Dracula as a boss, and he has like a second transformation, which I'm pissed about because it took forever for me to beat the first form, and then he went demon form, and I lost. I, I was not happy. Uh, the game even tricked me. It gives you a uh, a trophy for beating Dracula. And then when the second form of Dracula happens and he kills you, you get a trophy for getting killed by it. Like, cause they just knew it was going to happen to so many people. <laughs> I love when games do shit like that. Um, you get like some really cool items from the game. Uh, there's even a neat thing where you can find an area where you can invert, like you can go into the inverted castle. Uh, and when you do that, you actually can go into Richter mode and you just play through their own stylized version of, uh, a game like Rondo of Blood where you're controlling Richter mm. and it's like a side game like it does has no bearing at all on the actual game itself like if you die you just go back you, you get one life and you just try to run through and get to the, the top of the castle with Richter it's kind of neat um, but I've enjoyed playing that again it's just a fun game to pick up and play for you know a little bit at a time um, I've done a bunch of trading card stuff recently I, I won uh I went to a Pokemon Cup and won uh, the event. Uh, that was neat. Uh, I played in a Warcana event and won. Uh, actually, that was a bigger one. I should probably talk about that one. Uh, it was a, a, a $2,000 event. So, yeah, I went and won. It was like 40-some people, and I won $1,200. So that was kind of cool. Uh, and then uh, I've gotten more and more into just – I built some Commander stuff again to play Magic. Because I'm a fucking loser and I hate my life. Uh, and then, guys, we were talking before. I bought a bunch of really expensive Pokemon cards for no reason other than you know I'm gonna die one day. I should spend my money instead of saving it. Them. My children should earn their right to buy these cards. Uh, so I'm, I'm like trying to like just rail through all this because of the last bit. So one thing happened over Christmas. My uh, I call him my little brother, but he's really my first cousin. We we grew up in the house together, so for like the purposes of living, like he he grew up with me, but he we do not have the same parents. Uh, our moms are sisters. Anyway, uh, he did one of those like genetic tests to see like what his you know origins are. To see, you know like, what percent am I of this or that? And he comes back and he's like, "Hey, I have something to tell you. Uh, I don't think we're actually Native American." And <laughs> And I'm like, what do you mean? So his test is he's all white. And by nature of things, like, you have the same grandparents. That doesn't make any sense, right? So something's up. We, um, but he's he's just straight up, like, all British, Scottish, whatever. So it piqued my interest enough that I decided to do this test as well. And the results are not what I expected. Um, so I am primarily Scottish. I'm 40% Scottish. Makes sense. I am uh, just a hair below twenty percent Native American, so I, I am Native American, which means there's a scandal there. Uh, I think my grandmother was porking a milkman or something, which is really funny. Um, I was like eighteen percent uh, Native American, and it like the way they put it for Native American is rather than going specific to tribe, they locate it like in a region. So it was like northeastern is what it was listed as, and it listed like several tribes that fall within that category. Um, so the thing that was the wild card is I am 5% Ivory Coast slash Ghanaian. <laughs> so yes, I did in fact look to see how much percent black you have to be to, to use the N word and I don't qualify. 
I learned that. So it's still racist. No, no hard R's. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no hard R's. But I was like, uh, an A version. But it, 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 and I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. I don't know where that comes from though. Uh, in my family, but uh, I was, apparently someone down the line, uh, did, did some interbreeding. I don't know. But anyway, it was it was neat to see that, but not what I expected. But it also unlocked this family drama. Apparently, my grandmother, who is like the villain of the family, uh, now it's like, oh. Turns out, uh, my my aunt is, you know, my grandpa's not actually her dad. So <laughs> it's funny stuff that I'll I'll play out. Um, so not really sure what that was all about, but uh, but yeah. So mm. so yeah, played a bunch of video games and while I had COVID, watched a bunch of stuff, and then you know got some genetic testing to help my my family crumble apart. It's wonderful, fun, and, and I'm black, kind of. One mm. twentieth. I I couldn't get a scholarship, but the Native American status holds. I, I'm cool with that. I'm I'm happy that that got confirmed because I was a little worried. I was like, wait, am I am I like that woman that like was painting her face darker and was pretending that she was black and she just like white as could be? I was worried one day someone's gonna call me out and I'm gonna owe the government a bunch of money. So the question is, will they let you on the reservation? I mean, I hope so. I mean, anyone I, can go. Yeah, well, but some reservations won't let you go. But could I stay? <laughs> yeah, could you stay? That's the question. Yeah, should I, I don't stay know. or should I go? Well, uh, but that's that's all I got. All right. Oh wait, wait, I lied, I lied, I lied, I lied, I lied, I lied. I'm sorry. Back, I gotta go back. I watched uh, season one of Castlevania Nocturne, which is the one about Richter. It's really fucking good. It's about the French Revolution. They tie that in. It's got a bunch of really cool characters like Ulrox from the games. Uh, if you've not watched it, check it out. It's really good. Big cliffhanger at the end, too. Nice. Sorry. Now I'm done. All right. Uh, I played a bunch of games. Uh, that's kind of not me, if you ever watch, listen to our episodes. Uh, so I've been playing... Uh, this bad boy right here, um, which I'm going to show and, and and explain, the Steam Deck. Uh, and I put the emo, em, em, Emu uh, deck on there uh, where I where I could play some uh, emulators on there. And so I put N64 games on there. So I did a bunch of uh, StarCraft 64, which is weird to play on the Steam Deck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, put fucking Duke Nukem 64, which is really hard. Uh, Doom 64. Hell yeah. Uh, I put uh, Majora's Mask on there. I put a bunch of sports games on there, like uh, Wayne Gretzky 98 and 99 on there. <laughs> so get the like, NFL Blitz on there? Yeah. Get, I got, get that hockey fix, right? Yeah, I got to get that hockey fix on there. <laughs> uh, and then I put Spider-Man 64 on there, and... That game is weird <laughs> to play. I don't know why. Probably because I played like a better superior game, like like Spider Man One, on the PlayStation Four, and then I went back to play this game, and I'm just like, man, this that is quite the leap. Uh, yeah, that yeah. game did not age well. Uh, I'll take up for it. I still think it's a decent game. It's probably yeah. one of the better Spider-Man games that came out. Oh, I loved it. Now, to be fair, it's the same one that like, they made it for both 64 and for. Uh, PlayStation, right? And same Dreamcast. game. And, Dream- and I yeah. think it had a PC port. <laughs> yeah, because I I recall having it for PlayStation, I think. And uh, yeah, I agree. It's again, it was a fantastic game. Uh, sequel, not so much, but 
But yeah. Sequel yeah. sucked. I tried to put Wolverine Origins on the uh, the Emu deck, and it didn't work, and I was upset because I it was like seven gigs. <laughs> it took like fucking oh. twenty minutes for me to download and then upload onto my Steam Deck, uh, and then it's just like, oh, the file doesn't work, and I'm like, I'm not doing this again. Fuck that shit. It's like it's like anything today where we're in like. A PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X is like, we need to update your game. And it's like, oh, it's an hour. <laughs> I fucking hate that shit. Where I'm just like, I just want to play the fucking game. Let me play the game. Uh, so I, I, I bailed on that. Uh, Andy's uh, long-awaited package finally came uh, to me. And uh, apparently <laughs> I opened up a great fucking Pokemon card. Uh, it's a pretty with, good one. I was yeah. jealous. And um, his there was Steam... more stuff in there. Yeah, you gotta tell us what the Pokemon card was. Uh, you got me all hanging on the uh, suspense yeah, I, now. I forgot it was like a Leafeon. the Leafeon V Star yeah. alt art from uh, Crown Z or Crown, and I got a Mewtwo whatever. from like the uh, Halloween. Oh, sweet. Um, yeah. and then um, I got a Steam Deck card. Uh, not Steam Deck, Steam card. Uh, and I was like. I was going to pay $18 for this, and you guys are going to laugh because it's another sports game. But it's a fun sports game uh, called Tape to Tape. It's like an RPG hockey game. Um, Sounds cool, actually. I always yeah. love when people uh, mix two unlikely genres. That's, that's always really cool. Dodgeball yes. Academy. You guys ever play that? Dodgeball yes. Academy is the dodgeball RPG. Wonderful. I'm talking about racing lagoon when I talk about mixing mixing stuff up, but go ahead. And tell sure, me. sure. <laughs> like I want to get WrestleQuest uh, because that game looks fucking cool. It does. Look uh, cool. It it does. Yeah, uh, but tape to tape uh, is like a mixture of somewhat like WrestleQuest uh, and NHL '94. If you ever played it, uh, that game back in the day, uh, it has the same controls as NHL '94, and there's actually like fucking power-ups where you could shoot the puck and you could hit everybody in the head and knock them out, including the referee. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then also you get to um, throw your stick. So, like, if there's a breakaway... uh, By the way, just for you guys to know, a breakaway is... There you go. There it is, yeah. For the Sega Genesis, I fucking love that game. It's one of the best sports games of all time. It's wonderful. Yes. So, a breakaway... Uh, for all you uh, ah. people that are not into sports balls, uh, is when you're alone with the puck against the goalie, and that is called a breakaway. Uh, and if someone is on a breakaway in tape to tape, you get to throw your stick in front of the guy that's on a breakaway to stop the, the goal from going in. Uh, that's one of the power-ups. Uh, they have their own names. Uh, there's the uh, fucking Meatballers, which is a, 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 a team full of Italians. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, uh, and then you have a bunch of uh, Russians where they just named it like uh, Russian names and stuff, uh, and it's hilarious. Comrades, uh, and it's eighteen dollars right now on Steam, uh, and your twenty dollar gift card helped out, so I do appreciate yeah. that. Um, yeah, so I, I played that. I also played RoboCop, and if you guys remember during Christmas, I was like, I'm gonna buy Diablo Four because it's like forty one dollars. I didn't, I didn't end up buying Diablo Four. I'm gonna wait until it. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad wait. you didn't buy it. Don't buy it. I'm waiting till it dips to like thirty or twenty. 
uh, which I think the next round of sales, that's what's going to happen. So I did buy RoboCop because as everybody knows here, I'm into action movies. I love Terminator, RoboCop and Aliens. Those are the three and Predator. uh, Those are the action movies that I love. Uh, And RoboCop was there and I was clicking heads on my Steam Deck. I was making heads explode. Uh, It has Peter Weller uh, as a voice actor for RoboCop. He comes back to reprise his role. Uh, And the game is fun. Uh, It's fucking hilarious. Uh, (laughs) So uh, I do recommend it. And um, watching wise, uh, what did I I watch a bunch of YouTube shit? Uh, I guess I'll get into this. Uh, This is going to make me sound gay and I do apologize. Uh, don't apologize for that. It's current yeah. year. Quick, yeah. quick mental and notes before you get before you get all gay. You after the show, you and I need to talk about the Steam Deck because I I nearly pulled the trigger to buy it just through the Emu Deck. We're gonna talk about it, but go ahead, get get as gay as you want. Just buy, you're gonna buy it anyway. You just buy it. No, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I did I did just drop like twelve thousand dollars on cardboard. I don't know yeah. if I have sell the cardboard uh, to buy it. Ah, uh, yeah, I could sell it for half of what I paid. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you could literally like it's only like five hundred dollars. <laughs> He's a quarter yeah. of that. Uh, um, quarter? It's so much less. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> broke his brain. All right, go on, go on, you gay bush drinking weirdo. Yeah, so I <laughs> I'm into reading, by the way, and when I go on YouTube, hey. yeah, uh, reading is gay. Uh, when I go on YouTube and I go listen to people that talk about books, it's mostly female. And, uh, I got, uh, influence to make my own reading journal. Uh, but when I watch a reading journal, they all like the ladies love to do like this whole, like, I got to scrapbook my fucking reading journal. So I'm making my reading journal uh, w, uh, wrestling themed. <laughs> so uh, I game gameized my reading. So there's going to be a uh, certain like an iron. Uh, actually, let me grab the book. Hold on. Oh, guys, showing off the scrapbooking. Well, this he gate it because he made it wrestling. I, I don't think it's any uh, that, less that gay. gay. That double down. <laughs> yeah, I think he dazzled it up. Yeah, you ever no. see that? You ever see that bit by Louis C.K. where he talks about saying like certain words, and he's like, "I don't mean that you're gay because you got a dick in your mouth. You're swinging it around like you're, you know, that that word." Yeah, this this feels a lot like that. Like, you're not gay for being gay, but scrapbooking uh, sounds. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how, I'm not receiving. I'm fucking pitching. Uh, anyway. <laughs> 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 uh, so, oh, it's fantastic. You know how there's an Iron Man match? Well, there's an Iron Reader match, uh, which I'm gonna have like a picture of the ring with a bingo fucking board, and I'm gonna do that as far as my reading choices. Uh, war games, I turned it into war genres, so it's nonfiction versus fiction. So it's four books that are fiction versus four uh, books that are nonfiction. Uh, manga in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> you must wrestle, you manga. <laughs> you manga. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm gamingizing the uh, reading. Uh, so my rating uh, system, I have 
artistic story characters pace and finish uh and i put artistic as like you know the the flow of the match <laughs> like like in wrestling uh story is booking <laughs> character is gimmick wise as far as the characters uh pace is just pace like high flying versus technique i guess um and finish is like how you a finisher how you finish the match in general so I, I watch a bunch of that. I'm like, I, I don't want to do like all flowery and like stupid shit. I want to like put my own spin on it. So I did wrestling. Uh, Bro, do you uh, need me to buy you some edibles and mail them to you? What have you been eating? Uh, <laughs> bush beer. <laughs> with you. I actually yeah. think it's great you have it out like this. It's awesome. Man. I'm just fucking with you. Bush beer. I've been drinking bush beer and I started <laughs> scrapbooking. That's, that's <laughs> the best way to start a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, obviously, I've been playing NHL. So, for um, our fan that is laughs every time that about I talk about NHL, I played more of it, and uh, I almost wanted to kill people. Um, <laughs> but now you can scrapbook and you feel better. I mean, like really, you can do something like that now, and you'll actually not be like so hostile. That'd be great. You hate you hate playing NHL. I swear, that's that's true. I, he does. And Andy's seen it. Um, and Andy also seen it multiple times. And Andy's also seen me set up my art stream because it's another thing I'm like getting into. Uh, yeah, I, I like subscribed and I was like, okay, draw people now. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I was like, well, fuck you. Unsubscribe. You came By the way, my family eats dinner at like two o'clock in the afternoon, which is like brunch here. Um, and it's lunch. And, yeah, Andy like- came around. What? That's breakfast for a meth addict. What's going on? It's <laughs> 2 p.m. <laughs> Dude, my mom wakes up at like 5 a.m. in the morning and like makes dinner at like 1. Um, so, <laughs> like, so like, I was, I was like at the tail end. I'm like, oh man, I only got a, a limited time. And Andy's like, now draw me people. And he was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go do laundry, and the dinner was done. And then he came back, and the stream ended because coward. Yeah, he got uh, performance anxiety. Yeah, I was drawing the fucking moon and Earth because I was like, like testing out. Because I was testing out shit. I was using my cell phone as like a web camera uh, uh, for the stream, uh, and it was pointing down on like the uh, the the pad that I was drawing on. But yeah, I'm like I, I want to be more creative on on that sense. Like gaming's fine. Uh, gaming, I have my own hit list that I want to like a tackle. Uh, which hit by the way, list, I'm gonna be do- list time to get started. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna be doing Hellblade. Hellblade is like my first game I'm gonna be tackling. Uh, which I'm gonna be one. playing. Yeah, I'm gonna be playing with my Astro headset, and I heard that fucks with your head. So, no doubt. Uh, you 100 percent play that game with the headset on. Yes, you. you like, yeah. it, it is one of those things. You, it's like watching the lighthouse. Now you can't watch the lighthouse without a headset. But for real though, play play that game with this headset. It's it's actually crucial to the game. Yeah. Um, I also um watch a bunch of Raw, um uh, because Zach is watching Raw, so like I have a buddy now to watch it. Uh, yeah, got a buddy to raw dog with. Raw dog, <laughs> that's good. I'm just, uh, just going to be basically <laughs> watching all the R Truth clips because can we all agree that man's a treasure? Oh yeah, national yeah. treasure should be in Hall of Fame. My God, yeah. this is, with the day I was born, I look at the doctor and said I'm in the Judgment Day. 
He looked the doctor in the eye after he was delivered and told him he was going to be in Judgment Day. That whole segment was just too funny. It's oh, all man. presented like it's like a document, like they filmed this super serious documentary, and it's got the music and everything. It just makes it just. It's got to. It had to have been there. Sorry, guys. I'm over here steamrolling you. I'm just excited that Kevin Dunn is not the fucking producer anymore. Um, and which, by the way, apparently the drama is like the new because UFC, like the, the what what are they called? Like something TKO or Endeavor. Um, they were just like, we're gonna do things this way, and like he got offended, uh, and he's like, I'm gonna leave, and everybody was like, okay. <laughs> and he left, uh, which, by the way, is great. The the last person that needs to leave is Bruce Pritchard. Uh, that's the last part of like Vince's uh, team that needs and to go. Cronies, yeah, yeah. Get rid of yeah. him. That guy's got no friends now, though. <laughs> yeah, he has no uh, allies. And, and the product is like I won't say the product is one hundred percent great, which it's going to take time. Rome is not building a, a day, as they say. Um. And it's more it, watchable right now. It, it's watchable right now. There's no like a thousand cuts uh, of one guy doing a suplex. So I'm actually happy about that. <laughs> uh, but it is watchable. Um, the promo with Drew McIntyre and CM Punk was good. That was a great uh, segment. Great opener. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what Triple H does. Uh I have a feeling after Mania is going to be a really hard reset. And I know a lot of people are tied up hearing that because every time they hear after Mania, like that's when Triple H is actually going to be on his own. But I truly think now he's going to be on his own after Mania. And uh, we'll we'll see if Cody Rhodes finishes the story because we got CM Punk, Randall, and uh, The Rock. The Rock now back. And, And Jinder Mahal. And Jin- what the fuck is Jinder Mahal doing? Uh, and uh, Tony Khan is apparently having a conniption on, on Twitter. Um, He's lost his shit once again, yeah. Yeah, and that's funny. Uh, it's, 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 it's really embarrassing this time. Because he's, yeah. he's, he's actually acting like a fucking mark online. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh. <laughs> oh, and uh, I also want to bring up that... Uh, Sasha Banks, uh, Mercedes Moneys is is mid as fuck, uh, and wherever she goes is not going to change the needle in any way. Uncle Uncle Aaron <laughs> told us so. For for those that you, I feel like the, the viewers need to know, Dubs and Zach and I had what was probably legitimately like a two hour conversation that went like a big circle because it really just came down to, instead of making a point about anything, it was just dubs doesn't like Sasha Banks. And now it's just, a, so from now on, I'm just going to tackle him when he, when he makes a comment about a woman, I'm just going to be like, Oh, uh, you, you just don't like Sasha Banks. This woman's a Sasha Banks of this X movie or something. Like I was, when I, I was going to make the joke about Pat, but like Pat's just the Sasha Banks of Formula one movies. Yeah. But, it, but, it, turned it, out it, she's it, okay. <laughs> I I did I was making a point about Chava Guerrero, but I like played into the part where I was like, yeah, I kind of like it was a long way. It was long booking for me to be like Sasha Banks is mid. Now to say like the conversation was meaningful. It was a good conversation to still have. It was just funny that like the long run part of it came back around to oh, okay. Well, we all like talk about our own, like viewpoints on it, and then it was like yeah, I don't like Sasha Banks. Like okay, it's fine, but Sasha Banks sucks. 
It made me laugh. I thought that's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's all I did. I played a bunch of emulators. Um, I'm kind of upset because I did want to buy uh, the Metal Gear Solid collection, but I it's going to be funny. I drank too much bush beer the other day and fell asleep, and the the sale, the sale ended. Uh, so that's a first world problem, right there. Yeah, I, see, I got drunk on bush beer, and I was doing my scrapbooking, and I took a nap, and I missed the sale. Yeah, I don't know why, but just starting a sentence, sentence with "I drank too much bush beer" just makes whatever it is you're gonna say funny. You can just say beer. You can just say I drank too much. No, yeah, it's not funny. No. It's it's funnier than it's bush beer because like that was a choice. He made yeah oh man <laughs> <He chose laughs> this, this, bush, this bush beer is cheap as fuck hey, <laughs> he chose he chose violence my, my friend yeah. oh that, oh that's that's good <sighs> but that's all i did zach what the hell you been doing uh i want to just want to say real quick because andy shouted out bahamut lagoon or not bahamut lagoon racing lagoon uh racing lagoon has one of my favorite lines ever written in a video game the, the protagonist is, is talking about his friend and he's like, Yosuke is one of the coolest guys I know. He has everything a guy would want, a waterbed and a girlfriend. <laughs> and, it, and I just fucking laughed because like Andy was playing this game the first time, like when I, I was over at his place one time and I'm like, that's like one of the best lines ever in a video game. <laughs> that game's got style to spare. That's 100% the guy that was like in ninth grade and he's the first person in that grade to have sex. It's like, yeah, he had sex on a waterbed. Uh, waterbed. The waterbed thing's funny. Oh, man. Oh, it was good. But uh, no, uh, anyway, I did um, all kinds of things since the last time I was here, but uh, I'm going to sum it up very briefly. Um. I watched John Wick 4 again. It's good. All his movies are good. Uh, I've been watching more Seinfeld, and I'm like all the way up into season 7 now. Hell yeah. I just saw the Soup Nazi episode. <laughs> Not so to you. <laughs> Honestly, the, fun, the one of the funniest things I've seen is like that one where like uh, George is like, he's he's working for the Yankees now, which I still think is like fucking hilarious. It is. that That's my favorite job that he has. That, that, that episode where he's like, I'm just going to do everything the opposite of how I usually do it. And it all works. <laughs> it all works. <laughs> he's like incredibly successful. <laughs> and then he's like mad about it. He's like, oh, maybe I fucked up. He did this bit where it's like the whole time he was like, just look like you're annoyed when you're at work and everybody thinks you're busy. Right. And he just doesn't fucking think it actually looks like you're busy. And then like, I don't know. He ends up talking to these guys from like the what the Houston Astros or whatever, and they all call each other son of a bitches and bastards and shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just walks up to him in the cafe and he's like, How you bastards doing? He just starts talking like them. He's like, I don't know, it's funny. They talk to each other like that. Everything everybody's a bastard or a son of a bitch. I love it. And he's on the phone with him, and like his boss or whatever walks by and he hears him calling him bastards and sons of bitches. <laughs> and he ruins the deal. <laughs> he hangs up. I don't know. It's funny. You gotta see it. I, that's probably the hardest I've laughed at that show in a bit. <laughs> they built up the whole joke. Uh, I watched two uh, True Detective seasons one, and then I watched season two. <laughs> oh no, uh, you didn't. Why? Why did listen, you do yourself? Listen, I had to because I've been watching this with my mom. Okay, uh, it's something please, she wants to watch. After please. I told her about True Detective season one, she's like, "Well, I was watching," and she keeps watching it. And like, I'm gonna watch it with her. 
because I'm there. Please don't tell me that you like two more than one. No. Okay. Um, I was curious what your opinion of two was. Yeah. No, it's weird because it's such like a 180 from like the first. That's one with Colin Farrell, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is so. It's so dramatically different than than season one, right? The like, yeah, it's, just, it's jarring almost. I know it's an anthology, but it's jarring how like like the aesthetic is so different. It's that's fine because it's an anthology, but like what got me was like the writing just fucking nosedived almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like there were no characters that you you could kind of like. You're getting that's the thing is like the characters in the first season are all kind of flawed, mm-hmm. but you still like things about them. I don't like fucking anything about any of these people almost, except Vince Vaughn's character maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, he was like the most interesting one out of all of them. <laughs> I, I still laugh the part where like uh, Colin Farrell's like kid is fat and he gets bullied, so he goes to like the kid's fucking house. And what beats the up fuck his... was that? Yeah. <laughs> beats up his dad in front of him. It's like, yeah, I'm like, what is this? Is this a fucking comedy movie? Like, I I stopped watching after that because I'm like, I went from like Matthew McConaughey being like, I my fucking daughter and wife died and shit, and I just don't fucking care. And then it's I, like when I, was, <laughs> when I was underneath in the coma. I felt her. We went yeah. from that to yeah, fucking it's... beating up some kid's dad in the front lawn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it... <laughs> but um also like the, the writing, like what I've I've seen all kinds of movies, TV shows. I'm a big David Lynch fan. I can fucking read into shit or just take it as it is. I can follow writing. I was having a hard time keeping up with like what the fuck was going on in season two. They keep everything's sprawling and there's so many things happening. The writers had difficulty too. Yeah. Like, the fuck? So what now they're doing, they're, it's like, Oh, why are they doing this now? Like that kind of, like that's a joke usually. Cause you're watching something with your girlfriend, but it happens to you and you're like, wait, this usually doesn't happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if it's happening to me, something's wrong. <laughs> uh, we call it the first season. I don't know if you ever read the book The Yellow King, where apparently like people lose their mind after re- reading The Yellow King, uh, but it also has like a HP uh, uh, Lovecraft like villain at the end, where like it's fucking weird and she's like he looks like a spaghetti face or whatever, <laughs> and it's just like his his face is all fucked up, yeah, and, like, and he's like speaking in riddles while he's like fingering his fucking wife and shit. It was like weird at the end. <laughs> like, oh, like, fuck, yeah. yeah. Like I it, I want here's the thing. I like Woody Harrelson and I love Matthew McConaughey. So like yeah. those that's why I praise it so much because like the acting was fucking great. Well, uh, the acting was really good in the first yeah. season, yeah. And I love the mystery in season one. Uh which Andy, I, I, I do want you to watch it because I want you to give your opinion on it. Uh because Zach, you said that you weren't like you liked it, but you weren't like fucking head over heels over it, pretty much. Yeah, like I, I started reading about the show on like you know I went in Wikipedia and tried to read about it a little bit here and there, and I was like I noticed like the critical reception for like the first season was like you know ninety ninety one percent ninety three percent all this other shit. Like I was like I liked it. I thought it was really good. I didn't think it was that good. Okay, <laughs> so it's just kind of, that was my reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't I really liked it, and then I watched second season. And I was like, I don't like this. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. Uh, it's really mid. Like I felt like it was like shows that come on cable. Like that that's kind of what I felt like it was. And it wasn't even as good as some of those. Dude, Colin Farrell during that time did a bunch of films and TV shows. Like I, uh, by the way, I forgot to mention this in my thing. I watched a uh, Colin Farrell movie where they had this Asian like AI robot as like their kid or whatever. The fuck? Uh, and it was like dramatized where he's like, I gotta go fix my AI robot. And, and it was just interesting with Colin Farrell like dialogue. It was written really well. I, I forgot the name of the movie, by the way, but it's written really well. Uh, but like Colin, like IMDb Colin Farrell, you'll see. Yeah, Colin Farrell did a lot of shit during that time. Uh, but that True Detective season two is trash. Uh, uh, but True Detective season one, I I do like the flaws that both Woody Harrelson, where he's like this family man, but he's like fucking this young chick. Uh, young, what I mean is like twenties or whatever. Half uh, his age. Yeah, and uh. <laughs> fucking Matthew McConaughey, uh, which, by the way, not a spoiler, but like the wife of Woody Harrelson, like they have it like this big sex scene. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I, I died at that scene. He's like, he bangs this shit out of Woody Harrelson's fucking wife. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. And then he's like, he takes a beating from Woody Harrelson. It, it's great writing, in my opinion. Uh, Let's see. I already talked about Formula One Drive Survive. Go, go fucking watch it. Mm, um, <laughs> go fucking watch it. Go and watch go it. Go fucking watch it. Go watch Lewis Hamilton be a prick and get away with it somehow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I played uh, some games. Uh, I played Sonic Superstars. Uh, I beat it too. Uh, good game. Uh, tricky. It, it, it plays with your uh, your expectations of Sonic level design a little bit. You get you get tricked if you're a veteran. Gotta put it on accelerated gamer. Yeah, I found out the uh, guy. I can't remember his name, but the guy who uh, originally was like the director of Sonic One, and he did like Sonic CD. He came back and like collaborated for this game. Oh, really? Yeah, I read like a whole article about it stuff. Played even more now. And then he was like, it was also kind of cool to see his reaction to like how people have their fondness has like grown for Sonic CD. Like before it was just kind of like this game that came out and a lot of people didn't really get to play it. And it just was like basically almost like a forgotten Sonic game for the most part. Kind of like how Knuckles Chaotix is actually a forgotten Sonic game. Yes. <laughs> it gets left out of everything. <laughs> but uh he's like, he really enjoyed like how people really like that game now and they kind of get the appeal of it. Um, it was cool. Uh, I'm still playing Fire Emblem Sacred Stones. That game is a hard son of a bitch, but pretty much every Fire Emblem game before Awakening on the 3DS is, like, hard. Mm. So, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, and I've started playing Forza Motorsport uh, 2023. That's what I'm going to call it now because they don't do numbers anymore because <laughs> everybody has this fucking aversion to numbers. I don't know what it is. They feel like it's kitschy or some stupid shit. It's, God damn it, just give it a number. I'm going to do the fucking AVG game about that. <laughs> they don't want to. They don't want to be tied to the past. They don't want people to be like, "Oh, I didn't play the other ones. I can't play this one." So now, it's so now racing gonna, game, yeah, racing game three. Now we're gonna get this dumbass situation that keeps repeating itself, where it's like, 
I played Forza Motorsport. You mean Forza Motorsport on Xbox? But yeah. you mean Forza Motorsport on Xbox Series X? Hey, man, I played God of War. <sighs> what God, God of War? I want an Xbox. A good one. No. <laughs> you mean the Xbox? Or you yeah, mean the, the Xbox? Xbox One? Xbox One? <laughs> God damn it. Or, do, do, you mean the, do you mean the David Jaffe one? Or the... <laughs> You know, there's a reason why autism rates went up after Microsoft got in the gaming industry. Have you guys ever noticed that? (laughs) (laughs) That's what happened. There's a clear correlation. It has gone up. Um, But, uh, yeah, I've been playing the new Forza Motorsport. Uh, It's pretty great so far. I am hardcore trying to, like, uh, break myself from using the rewind feature, by the way. (laughs) Because you get more fucking money and shit and then when you play online you can't rewind anyway so better to get used to it that way it's really crippling if you're used to rewinding a lot and then you go to play online and you just fucking crash and you're like well fuck you become Gunther Steiner you're sitting there going fuck 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 me fuck (laughs) um I've also noticed they've kind of like streamlined the menus and shit a little bit more in this game. It's not so, like, flowery and shit like it used to be. Doing so much menu diving. Um, and they've added some other things, too. I know it's like, the fuel levels in your car. You can fucking change that and gain more speed uh, just from doing that, which is, like, real life. Uh, they took out that Hommel... Homelgate uh, feature from like the last one, Homelgation, I think is what it's called. Uh, where it, it's like real strict rules for how you can build your car and shit, like what you can do versus just being like, you have to be class B up to 600. That's all you could do. The last Forza Motorsport was like super strict about that and people really didn't like it. Uh-huh. Um, they liked having the, and I, like, I prefer this way now too. I mean, I always have is like where you have like that. 100 point range to try to squeeze out as much performance as you can mm-hmm. in that in that range. Mm-hmm. But uh cool game. Uh I got fucking ripped off. They keep fucking not putting Italian cars in the game I like. It pisses me off. It's like nope. <laughs> there's plenty of Italian cars. I'm sure there's 600 Ferraris and 500 Lamborghinis in there. I want more. And I know I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, they added more. And I'll say this too. A lot of the cars in previous games used to be super expensive. Like um, uh, like the Shelby Daytona thing and some of the Ferraris and shit. They're actually like way more affordable than they've ever been in any of these games. Where it's like, you can pretty much buy about any car you want within reason. I just kind of want to get stuff and have fun with it. Yeah, yeah, it's like instead of like, oh, you need 20 million fucking credits to buy the Ferrari GT64. No, it, like, it just costs like about 200,000. In Horizon, <laughs> to get the Shelby Daytona, it was like, well, I'm just going to have to win this in a wheel spin. Yeah, and that's what happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have two of them for that reason. I did. Me too. I got one and I sold it. Uh, and that's all the gaming I did. Um, this. Huh? Sorry, I, I said that out loud myself. My bad. Uh, you, you sold me on Forza Motorsport so much that I am actively downloading it now to my PC Game Pass. But I'm trying to figure out which one to download because there's like a bundle and a regular. I don't get the difference. 
all the bundles probably going to give you like extra cards, cars, yeah. money, yeah. and shit. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It just it didn't look like it was different. Uh, I'll check it out later. Anyway, sorry. Uh, reading. I've been reading uh, my Death of the Territories books, which uh, Dubs got me for Christmas. Um, I'm like a little over halfway through it. Pretty interesting. Uh, definitely leads more credence to like that thing where people go, wrestling's better than it's ever been. It's in a golden age. You can like fucking laugh in their face if you actually know anything about wrestling history. <laughs> It's like, no, it's not. <laughs> um, you know, people used to fill up baseball stadiums for wrestling, you know, 50 years ago. Wow, used to get 32,000 houses of 32,000 people, not just in big cities, <laughs> not just in like, you know, LA or uh, fucking Chicago. Um, like, the show didn't have to be WrestleMania to get them to fill up a football stadium. Like, exactly. And it's like, everybody has, like, this warped fucking perception. Like, it's like, this is what I realize, fully realize now, is that that idea that WWE kind of spread, where they kind of rewrote wrestling history, where it was just like, wrestling was always in dingy fucking sports arenas and gymnasiums and smoke-filled arenas. Where, like, you get maybe a few thousand people in, or if that. No. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty interesting, though. Uh, and I've, I read Maximum Carnage. <laughs> Everybody played the game and shit. And it's like, I don't know how many people actually had any of the books or read it. Uh I had one of the comics back when I was a kid, and it was like in, the, in like the almost the past the halfway point of the story. I was like, "This is cool. I don't know what's going on, but I like it." Yeah, that's kind of where I was. It's like a random snippets of stuff, but I just largely just remember playing the game. Yeah, but uh, and they they have like random panels and shit from the book or you know the story that was going on, uh, and they're all legitimate. Like they don't really rewrite anything. Uh, what they put in, squeezed into those cartridges, huh. but uh, <clears throat> I haven't read the whole thing. It's really interesting. I didn't know this. J.M. De Mateus like wrote some of it, and he's like the guy that did like Craven's Last Hunt and like other shit like that. Uh, it's funny because they're like they approached him and they're like, "You, we want you to write a story with Carnage and Venom," and he was like, "I don't, I don't know about that," because <laughs> he to him he felt like they were like real one dimensional. And then they told him, they, they basically sold him on the idea a little bit more. And he's like, okay, I'll do it fine. And it ended up being like a 14 part event that took place all, almost all the way through 94. They had so many goddamn Spider-Man books that back in the day. You had Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, Web of Spider-Man, Spider-Man. So it was weekly. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was nuts. Um, but it's like, it's pretty good. But the funny thing is, is like, I think it's too long, which is something he kind of admits in the forward is like, eh, I think some people's criticism of this story is it's a little too long. Uh, there's not a, lot, a whole lot of depth to it, I feel like, but uh, it's pretty entertaining just because you get to see all these characters like show up and fight. And if you have fun memories of the game, it's like you got that. And the art's pretty good for the most part. I mean, it was like early 90s Marvel, so... <laughs> I would recommend it if you're a big Spider-Man fan or, you know, you happen to also like that game, you read it once. And that's it. It's everything. 
We did oh. it. We made Ooh. it back in the new year, 2024. Uh, Andy, what's the next movie again? Le Mans from 1971. Le Mans. Le Mans. The Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Yeah, so remember to watch that and come back here, and then we'll, we will discuss it. Uh, maybe I'll have some F1 knowledge uh, to talk to you guys about. Uh, what, you said Drive and Survive is the name of the Netflix Drive thing, right? Drive to Survive. Drive to, to Survive? Okay, cool. Netflix. Netflix. All I right. Netflix again. Let's go. All right. Well, uh, PP Dubs is going to take us out, and uh, he's going to tell you all the spots as far as if you want to contact us, especially uh, people that want to like email us. He'll give you the email. So, peace out, guys. Later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Why am I waving? Hey, do you want to be in the show? Make sure you email them bigtroublenet at gmail.com. They are also on Twitter at Big Trouble Net. You can listen to all their shows on all podcast services. So until next time, catch ya in the next Pit Stop.